It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. Welcome to another episode of Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I am John Wayne. With me, as always, of course, is Christopher Triana. Christopher, how are you, mister? Oh, I am just fine and dandy like sour candy. How are you, my good friend? Mm, just a glass of uh, water on the side for dipping. <laughs> it's clear and yellow. You got juice there, fella. <laughs> Old painty can John Wayne. You know me. <laughs> You know me. God, it's two seconds in, and we're already with the obscure Simpson references that half our listeners won't won't get. So I think we're off to a good start. Yeah, raving start. Um, yeah. Let's just uh, let's just end it here too on a high note. Start on a high note, yeah. go out on a high note. Like, okay. it's, it's not going to get any better than this, folks. Yeah, and it's going to be like a <laughs> two and a half hours of slow descent into <laughs> shit mountain. No. Please keep your hands inside the vehicle as we uh, descend, yeah, if you don't mind. Slow descent into madness, story of my life. Yeah. Mm. The Christopher Triana story. So yeah, uh, That would be a good name for my memoir. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, um, I'm going to ghostwrite it, or co-write it, or uh, we'll talk offline about this. Yeah, Actually, we'll figure it out. Say that. I'm not going to say that. I'll talk to you in another dimension. Another dimension? Oh. Uh, so how's your shoulder, dude? We talked a little bit about this, but I just want to update the people it's out there. Oh, I, that that's very thoughtful, and you know, people. Hopefully, some people care out there. Uh, but I appreciate it. I uh, I'm slowly recovering. It's coming along. Um, still housebound because I can't drive, and I, uh, you know, I live by myself, so I don't have someone to drive me around. So I've basically just been in my house. The only uh, outside activity I've done is taking the dog for a walk on um, on the trail that that winds all through the woods behind my house and down to the river. Uh, just speaking of. Um, and I thought of you the other day because nice. I took Bear for a lot. Yeah, it is nice. Every time I think of you, I'm like, that was nice. Um, so I took Bear on a walk <laughs> yesterday. Yes. And, uh, and like, it's like summer is really coming to a close now. Uh, in New England, it's, you know, it, it's like end of September. It's beautiful. So it's getting to a point now where it's like, you know, it's like 70 degrees and at night it's like 50 degrees. It's just beautiful. So, you know, I took Bear on a real long walk and, you know, I had like my big like contraption, my big brace on and everything, you know, because I kind of have to do that at home. I can take it off a little bit, but if I'm going out, I got to do that. So anyway, we're walking and uh, we go, we went on a long one. We went all the way down to the river and, uh, you know, we're standing by the riverside and it was uh, Sunday yesterday. And on Sundays, there's, there's some, I don't know which place it is because it's on the other side of the river, but there's some place where they have live music. On uh, Sundays, I don't know, it's some bar it a, or something. Is it a church, perhaps? No, 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 no. no. It's oh. not. It's not like that. It's like definitely like a bar, uh, because it's like always a band playing like, like dad rock, not Christian rock. You know, they're they're playing like it's always a band playing like Van Morrison songs really badly. Oh, you know? good, no. Yeah. <laughs> and that reminded me, you of me. No, no. no. <laughs> oh, let me finish. Oh, okay. <laughs> Excuse me. No, no, that did. Um, let, let, let me finish the story. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, there's like, I don't know if it was a different band this, this weekend or what, but yeah, it, it kind of sucks. Like, cause like any other day you go down there and it's like beautiful and serene, it's quiet, but you go down there on Sunday and like, it's not super loud cause it's on the other side of the river, but you hear the echo of it. You can hear it. And it kind of like spoils the serenity of the woods, you know? So, uh, you so know. Anyway, anyway, there's these, like this band's playing and, uh, I'm standing there with bear, just watching the, the water and stuff. And, um, I, I all of a sudden I recognize the song because the guy's like, I believe the dogs begin to smell her. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh my God, he's, he's doing Stone Temple Pilots now. And yeah, it was that, right? And I was like, son of a bitch, like he's doing this terrible, terrible song. Um, I don't even know what the name of that song is, but I know it because I've been forced to listen to it since the nineties. It's just like, it's just that popular song that's everywhere. Um, but anyway, I know it's Stone Temple Pilots and I know I don't like them. And so anyway, uh, I, I thought of you because of our conversation about the band and everything. And, um, and, uh, as I'm like, as I was walking back, I'm like, this goddamn song is going to be stuck in my head. The rest of the night, I just know it, and it fucking was, dude. Like all night, I was like, I believe my good. dog smells her. Good for you, dude, <laughs> and that's good for you. I don't get songs stuck in my head. I talked to this, my wife about you this, but I, I have this. some like I just can't, I don't. It's like when I want to stop thinking about the song, it's like I'm not thinking about it. I don't know what it is. That's I'm not amazing. trying to brag. That's an amazing but, ability. But I what I do want to say is, um, first of all, I'm glad that happened to you. Because I think you. that that's good for you. Um, another thing was, I've been listening to a lot of Faith No More, getting back into Faith No More. Did, did we talk about Faith No More? Did you tell me you didn't like them for some reason? Because No, no, I definitely didn't say that because I do okay. like Faith No More. Uh, but no, I don't think we talked about them at all. Uh, um, I think we mentioned them slightly when we talked about Bill and Ted. But uh, no, I do like Faith No More. Uh, no, I definitely do. They're a very yeah. unique band. I like them. I love them so much. I've just been going back. I, t I think I told you I have the first pressing on vinyl of King for a Day, Fool for a Lifetime, which nice. is uh, my favorite yeah, album. Yeah, we did. We did talk about them a little bit because we were trying to figure out what album The Perfect Crime was on because it was on the, the Bogus Journey soundtrack, but we couldn't remember if That's it was right. on Angel right. Dust or what. Um, but no, no, I definitely like them. I mean, particularly the the, the early records, you know. Um, I you know I fell in love with them like a lot of people our age. I fell in love with them when the the single Epic came out. You know I'm not trying to be like oh I liked it before I was cool because I was fucking twelve when that came out. So like mm -hmm. that, but like I was like this is incredible. These guys are so awesome. And so you know I got that album. I got uh, Angel Dust Angel and some Dust. Of those ones. Yeah, Angel Dust opened so Dust. strong with fucking land of sunshine it's just like yeah dude yeah. yeah you are an angel heading for the land of sunshine fortune is smiling upon you they were just you know, rocky bottoms just like on the, on the fucking oh it's so good they were just such okay. a unique um such a unique sound like they, they they were kind of heavy metal but kind of alternative and like just kind of all over the place they're just nothing else sounds like them you know like for example also on angel dust is that song rv I love that song, man. The song's so weird, you know, like I hate you talking to myself. Yeah, talking it, to myself. It's such a Everybody weird song. Is hanging out. Yeah. yeah. He's got it's like would anyone tell me if I was getting stupider? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's such but a then, strange song. I love it. And evidence is on that. Is evidence on that one? Or uh 
Uh, strip search. Like, strip search, right? I honestly don't remember, actually. No, I'm, it's evidence. Evidence. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's a great. Yeah, they mix it up so well. Uh, it, it's, and Mike it's Patton, awesome. Mike, Mike Patton's Patton, amazing. He's, he's amazing. Like he also, he also had. Um, was it Phantom Mass? Was that the name of Phantomas? Phantomas, yes. Yeah, yeah. Where he did all sorts of like weird covers of of like horror movie stuff. Like he did a cover of like the theme to Spider Baby and the theme to Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Um, so he's kind of he he's kind of like into the horror genre as well. Well, yeah, I actually have a, a very a old friend of mine I have to thank who might be out there listening. Todd, if you're listening, shouts out to you. I love you. Introduced me to Faith No More like 20 some years ago. I don't know. Probably twenty longer than that. Jesus, I don't know. But uh, Phantomus is like his most experimental. It is. By far. Yeah, because it's they're very easy. bizarre. There's a he I have he I used to have this album. I probably do have the CD somewhere, but I forget what it is. But it's it's basically it's one big track of just this atmospheric and sounds and just crazy, you know, rises and falls. And it's supposed to be um, what someone is experiencing while they're having open heart surgery. Like that's what it's supposed to fucking be like the soundtrack to it's fucking like he, so he did a lot of crazy shit. And if you do want to do like a deep dive on him on YouTube, you can find him doing like these weird performances where he's doing mouth harp with like a a drummer and a DJ. And it looks like they're a middle school cafetorium. And it's, it's fucking crazy. He's one of my all time favorites for sure. But But he also like, because he's so um, vocally skilled, not just in singing, but just making all kinds of sounds like, he does um, sound effects for a lot of movies, um, uh, like you know, like um, it's not a good movie, uh, but the I Am Legend. He did the uh, he did all the sounds of all the vampires and that all like the weird screeching, yelling like that they do. He did all those sound effects. He he yeah. was the voice of every creature in that movie. Did you listen to uh, Tomahawk when he was in the? He had a band called Tomahawk. No, I'm not familiar. Oh man, they're really good. I check them out. They're more like a, a rock rock and roll thing but he did like a lot of circuit bending uh with crazy and you know instruments and uh he had these weird mics that he would like one was like a face mask like a gas mask and he would you know make his voice all crazy and he would he did this live like i saw him at a very small club here called fitzgerald's is now gone rest in peace uh rest in power and death power there you go. uh and he pulls it off live Awesome. And then I also saw him that same year. They opened for Tool, who was on tour the same year. And I saw them in like the summit where the fucking or the Toyota Center now, where it is, where the Rockets play in this huge arena. Also, I was up against the stage and saw them play there. And it was just as amazing. Um, so anyway, Mike, they're a good band. They're a good band. Faith no more. Uh, that's what I have to say. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really glad that you got it. You're getting back into Stone Temple Pilots. So <laughs> I think that uh, I also think that that's going to be a great topic because I Jesus hear that goodness. you're you're a. Uh, you're guesting on uh, West Southern's podcast. Uh, what's it called? Talking Taint or uh, Chopping It Up to Chopping Mall podcast? Chop, chopping around. God, chopping around. This, this, yeah. this joke is, might be getting a little old here. I think we I might don't think so. retire it. It's I not a joke. It it's real. And you're going to talk about Stone Temple Pilots and how you guys love them on that episode. <laughs> does 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 West loathe Stone Temple Pilots? I don't know, but uh, I think it'll be a good uh, conversation starter for you, too. Well, we converse. We converse plenty. You know, like we I'm text often. I'm not okay. It's like not as much as as much as we tease Wes, I I really do. He's a buddy. We know. He knows he's, he's a good buddy. dude. He's yeah. a great well, dude. Maybe, maybe you should stop. Maybe you should stop making fun of him. Is what I'm saying. Oh my god! <laughs> you are something else. You know that? You know that? 
Katie, I know you're listening. Oh, Katie, yes. And that's fine. Yeah. Katie yeah. actually, Katie is his wife. Katie actually does like chopping block. She really does. That's the funny I know she does. She, she, you know, she does, like, legitimately. Like, I know she does. Okay, so, good. And they, okay, they were, all right. They like, built a on this love, mutual respect and love for this movie and the creation of it. They had a chopping mall themed wedding. I don't know if you know that. But anyway, you, you'll talk about that on, on the episode that and you're You know what? Asking. You know what? what? I'm going to go ahead and say this. Say it. I own, I own chopping mall. I own the soundtrack to chopping mall. I like chopping mall a lot. I like it a lot, too. But, but it's garbage. I don't blame Wes for not liking it. It's a garbage movie, dude. It's bad. <laughs> and all right, people, this is what's called a backpedal here. So he's got some kind of thing going on, probably some other project with Wes, with Wes that he doesn't want to piss him yeah, off. that's what it is. That's what it is. No, it's it's that the movie is cheesy and it's silly. It's Jim Wynarski, dude. All of his movies are, are cheesy garbage full of boobs and hooters. We talked about him on our, on our Hooter episode. Uh, and I love Jim Wynarski, but he doesn't make quality movies, dude. Like, he just doesn't. Chopping Mall isn't a good movie. It's not It's not a good horror movie. It's not scary. It's just silly garbage. But I love it. I love it. I don't understand why, like, he wouldn't love it for that reason. But whatever. Different strokes, you know. Different Speak strokes. That's also really good. That's, that's like a show that he and I watch all the time. <laughs> Speaking of silly garbage, dude, I got my I got my new banner for conning uh, for my booth. Whenever I table again, I put I put a picture of it up, but it looks. I fucking saw it. Badass. I saw it. So you know, I, I like I was just thinking. I'm like, you know what? You need a third banner. Yeah. Well, because now that one is six feet by four, and that it, like those things like the poles go up higher, so they go all the way up. I can have two six feet banners down there, but I'm gonna have the, another uh, three foot one below that, and then the other color one will be on the front side of the table, dude. It's baby. I got these lights. It's gonna be badass. Right. I was last You're night. Right. Last night I was laying in bed. I was thinking, um, I wonder if I should bring the the fog machine with me and like start fogging out the booth sometimes, just like. Yeah, that the fog cool. machine, the hockey mask, you're all we, set. Dude. I mean, we have it. I we have a fog machine. Might as well, you know, use it. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know. That I just wanted to say that it's it's a cool banner. I'm excited. No, about. It, it looks really cool. And yeah, and I know you um you like draw them yourself and everything. So that's that's cool. It's like a personal touch. Personalized, baby. It's nice. It's it nice. You are potentially going to Vegas next month, aren't you? I am. I'm, I'm going unless it's canceled or something unless something horrible happens uh the october like 16th weekend or whatever i'll be in vegas at the plaza hotel for, was it days of the dead yeah for days yeah. of the dead and um we'll see they're doing these things again they're doing these conventions um i don't know it's kind of bizarre you know like i like you know it's particularly bizarre is like people are still like i'm gonna take pictures with my famous celebrity and i'm like you're wearing masks. You can't even see half of Kane Hodder's face. Like, why are you paying to take a picture with him? I don't, I don't get it. But, I mean, as long as people are having a good time, I mean, I want people to be as safe as possible doing mm -hmm. these things. Yeah. But at the same time, like, we can't not live our lives. We do need some joy in our lives. We can't just live in a hole for the next two years, you know? So, I mean, I, I can't fault people for wanting to have that kind of fun. Yeah. And I don't fault people for wanting to live in a hole. There's a lot of nice holes. I live in a hole. hole. I, I was just saying earlier, I live, well, it's not a hole. It's a compound, but I live in my compound and I don't see anybody. I, I haven't like seen a person in, in person 
uh, weeks. And and don't you also? I take I take that back. I do see people on the trail here and there, and I do have people deliver my groceries. But other than that, like I don't. Your like, Highness. <laughs> well, it's because I can't drive, dude. I have to do it. You know, like I have to do Instacart right now. Um, I have no choice. Uh, but yeah, no, I do feel super bougie every time I do it. You know, I'm just like, just leave them on the front step, Jeeves. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, but haven't you been walking around the house though, like? You know, since you've been reconnecting with Stone Temple Pilots, being like, down in a hole, and I don't know if I can I thought, be saved. Yeah, I thought down in a hole. Isn't that, uh, isn't that Stone Temple? Chains. Alice in Chains, yes. That's who I'm thinking of. Alice in yeah. Chains. You Which don't like them either. Better, no, I don't. But they're a much better band than <laughs> uh, than Stone Temple Pilots. I'm a, I won't say that I don't like them. I appreciate Alice in Chains. I think I they like were Alice talented. Chains. No, I think they were. I think they were talented. I think they were a good group. It's just not the type of music that I put on, like, to listen to. But back in the day, I did listen to them. I did like them. I had, like, one or two of their albums. Um, no, they, they were good. They were good. Like, that song, uh, Angry Chair, I really liked. I always liked that song a lot. Um, I liked Wood. That was a good song. But they're not, like, the type of band. Like, I, I don't listen to them now. I don't have any of their stuff now. You know, it's just not my thing. But well, the they're singers, not a, they're not the singers, a bad yeah. band, though. There's a difference between me not being interested in listening to them and me thinking they're bad. Like... Like, if they were on, if, like, we were hanging out and you put on Alice in Chains, I'd be totally cool with it. You put on Stone Temple Pilots, I'd go home. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty <laughs> That's pretty harsh. And and I know everyone wants to hear us fight about this more, but I'll just end it by saying Scott Weiland, uh, I really liked him a lot. He was awesome, and now he's dead. So there. What about Scott Baio? Yeah. I, I do really not like Scott Baio. I don't Bayo. really like Scott Baio. Charles is not in charge of me, okay? Yeah, although, I really like Bugsy Malone. So figure that out. I won't figure it out. Do you even know what that is? What? Bugsy Malone? Yeah. Isn't that code for one of your weird sex <laughs> movies or something that you have? <laughs> no, Bugsy Malone was a movie from the 70s. It was Alan Parker's first film. Alan Parker, who went on to do Pink Floyd's The Wall and Angel Heart, one of my favorite movies, uh, Angel Heart. Uh, but he did this movie called Bugsy Malone. And it's just like, it's a really... It's it's a it's a it's like a cute movie, but it's really really well done. Um, and it's uh, it it was made in the seventies, like mid seventies, and it's all about like gangsters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like about like you know the prohibition era and gangsters. But every single character, every character in the movie is played by a kid. Like they're all between the ages of like ten and thirteen. Uh, every character, and instead of, and like they have machine guns, but they just shoot whipped cream. And they drive these cars that look like old cars from the 20s and stuff, but, like, they have pedals, you know? What the fuck? And, and yeah, it's just, like, this really bizarre but really fun movie. And it's a musical, uh, also. And uh And Bugsy Malone is the main character, and he's played by Scott Baio. And Scott Baio is, like, like 11 or something, 11 or 12 in the movie. Uh, and it was, it was one of the earliest films of Jodie Foster as well. Um, mm. Like, that and Taxi Driver came out the same time. And those were her premiere movies. But I really liked that movie. I grew up watching that movie. And like to this day, I can recite those songs from memory. I've watched it so many times. Um, and the songs are actually re- really good. Um, so sue me. I like Bugsy Malone. But Scott Baio is a turd of a human being. <laughs> yes, he is. You're right. You're right. So, so uh, now that we've got all that out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Now that we've. An hour in, we should probably get to all the topics. Let's do it. All right. Uh, well, 
as you all know, we always start off with our first segment, which is Book of the Week. Book. Book, book, book. Book, 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 book. Yes, Book of the Week, folks. Um, I'm excited to talk about this Book of the Week. It's exciting. Uh, it's very, it's very exciting. Um, for those of you who, those of you who probably know, because we did mention this before on the show, uh, Death Heads Press uh, shouts out a little Texas press who puts out some quality horror. De- Death's Head Press. Just, That's what I said. You Death's said Death, Head Death Heads Press. Well, you know, when I drink, I get kind of, I, I mix up my words. I get a little, little dyslexic. Hey, man, we're, you just, you just said press. Texas. You want to, you know, I'm just saying, you're talking about Texas, you're bringing it up. You just don't go fucking around with the names. That's all don't I'm trying to help Texas. you out. Yeah, don't, don't, fuck don't, with... Mess with, don't mess with Texas. That's, that's what they say. Yeah, that's the that's the cleaned up version that we send up to you New Englanders. Yes, you Yankees. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, this this ser- they, they have a series uh, of splatter westerns. So these are extreme horror western novels. And they've got some of the best in the business uh, working on these novels. I know because I'm one of them. Uh, <laughs> so no, uh, no bit of bias here. On this no, podcast. no bias at all. But no, even if I wasn't one of them, this whole series has been great so far. They've put out stuff by Wiley Young and uh, uh, Christine Morgan and and, and others. Uh, and the the most recent one uh, that they just released is a book called Starving Zoe, and it's by C. Derek Miller. Uh, and uh, shouts also- out. Shouts out, uh, and we've uh, we mentioned him briefly on the show before because he has a cool podcast. Um, but he is a writer, uh, and he's written some uh, some books before. This isn't his first uh, rodeo. I uh, see what I did there with the western thing. Oh uh, yeah. Oh no, I actually I didn't. Can you set it up? Let me set it up again. I won't. Um, All right. But uh, he uh, anyway. He's got he's got a new book out. This is the brand new splatter western from Death's Head Press. And it's by, again, uh, C. Derek Miller. It's called Starving Zoe. Uh, And I'm going to give you uh, listeners a quick rundown uh, of the description. To most, 1865 was an eye-opening year. The American Civil War was officially over, and the soldiers, fortunate enough to survive the bloody conflict, returned home to collect the pieces of their former lives. To young Arizonan Robert Jack, the fateful desert homecoming marked the end to all he once knew. Forgiveness is overrated. Death is final. Revenge, however, dances between the fine lines of mortality and eternity. Love always finds a way. So it kind of sounds like it might be romantic there, too, you know? I, I like that. I like yeah. love. love. I, I'm a I fan know, you're, love. You're, you're into love. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Um, also, right. the name of his podcast is Butterflies Make Me Angry. It uh, is, just, which is a very so funny know. title. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And he does that with his wife, Sam. Um, yeah. That's the show. But he has this new book out. Check it out. Uh, this series has been gaining a lot of steam. Um, it's been very popular in the horror scene. Uh, lots of good reviews for these books. I'm really proud to be a part of it. Mine will come later on, maybe um, by the end of the year or early uh, 2021. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this, is, this is solid, folks. So check it out. Um and oh oh and by the way I read Christine Morgan's uh the Night oh, Silver did. yeah the Night Silver River Run Red I uh, actually and that's another one of these I, I read that recently what a fun book 
really a lot of fun. Um, very splatterific, a lot of like crazy gore, but also just like really funny. Um, just some and some like rich characters, uh, and and uh, like a really unique take on it. Like she doesn't do the typical like a stranger comes to town as a showdown. A stranger comes to town and as a showdown with the sheriff. She doesn't do that kind of thing. Uh, it's kind of like this traveling uh, freak show. Uh, and then also like these these outlaws who come to town and they kind of like converge. Uh, so it was a fun it was a really fun book. So I just wanted to mention that real fast. Cool. Hell yeah. Check it out. Um, fuck what I was going to I was going to say something. Uh, I forgot. Oh, well, yeah. Christine's book is awesome. Um, I'm going to check. It's on my to be read pile. Oh, oh, yours is coming out. And you said end of the year. That's right. And it'll also be available on those four VHS uh, cassette <laughs> tapes, right? <clears throat> you're saying that because it's long it's long book yeah it's it's my longest novel so far and uh it, it will be coming i i don't have an exact date yet um but yeah it'll probably be end of the year beginning of the next year something like that which yeah. is fine because i've got other stuff coming out yeah uh, before that so we can't wait um i know anyway uh speaking of can't wait is that it is that it for book of the week we got yeah. it get it yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, that's everything, you know, that's everything on it. That is everything on it. I'm just, I uh, read I'm yet, sorry. So I can't, like, I can't comment on it too much. I haven't read it yet. It just came out, you know, so, okay. uh, but I wanted to, you know, we wanted to plug it. So I'm just very excited about the next segment. That's all. I am too. Oh my it's God. Brand new. We have a whole new segment, folks. And the reason is, is because we, we kind of did something like this on a previous episode, on the uh, Bill and Ted episode, because a, a certain someone was supposed to read from the novelization of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, mm -hmm. but did, and even though he knew a week in advance he was supposed to do that, he didn't find the book in his house. So he had to read from a, a timeless classic called Ghost Dad. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it was the, so well received that people... It went, was. Went it was. The Corey hotline ringing off the oh hook. Oh my god, dude! I can't, like, when you when you passed the shift over to me that day, I was like, "Oh, oh you son of a bitch!" I was, yeah. Uh, I didn't even get a chance to sip my coffee. It was it got no. cold. I was picking dude. up the phone. Corey dude, here, Corey. I, I like the phone got so hot. I had to wear an oven mitt when I was holding it. That's what that was for. Thanks, dude. <laughs> Thanks for telling me. I should Great. have told you. Yeah, my, my fingies are still all <laughs> scorched, dude. Oh, blistered. Yeah, yeah, no, it was very popular. So, we decided to create a whole new segment that we're going to be doing every week. Yeah, every week, week, one way or another. Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell them what this, this segment is called, or shall I? Um, you do it. Okay. I don't know if I hesitated so much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. This segment is called... Ridiculous Reads! Oh yeah, ridiculous. So, ridiculous. So what, what this segment is basically going to be is uh, a reading from something very ridiculous, a la a ghost dad novelization. Right. Now, there's going to be uh, primarily a lot of novelizations in this. Uh, of movies that we have been, uh, you know, needlessly now hoarding and collecting yes. since uh, the last week or so. And now, I, do, uh, I do. Forgive me for interrupting. I do want to just clarify for those listening who may not know: a novelization 
Sorry. is when there is, and this used to be a very common thing. You don't see it as much now, but a novelization is when a movie is made and then they release a novel based on the movie. This is different from when there's a novel that becomes a movie like No Country for Old Men or, or something like that. No, this this is like, they're like, well, we've got this movie. We're going to write a novel. You know, there was no novel of Time Cop. There was no novel of, like, you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I wasn't They became, they became <laughs> novels after the movies came out to try to further promote the movie. It's further memorabilia. So anyway, that's what a novelization is. Uh, continue, Mr. John Wayne. And they're very ridiculous. They can be very ridiculous, such as the the title of yeah. our segment suggests. Oftentimes, these were written before the movie's shooting script was complete, yes. so uh, they they can tend to uh, veer wildly away from what the story of the movie is. Mm-hmm. And they could just be really fun. Uh, and like that Ghost Dad one was just so ridiculous. How could you not? You know, it's funny. Uh, I um I used yeah. to, and I and I think I mentioned this, but I'll I'll mention it again. Um. One of the novelizations I remember having when I was younger was the uh, novelization of Natural Born Killers. And you mentioned oh, how yeah. you mentioned how like a lot of the times the novels novelizations can be different from the film. This was very different uh, because it had a totally different ending where Mickey and Mallory are murdered in the end of it. Uh, and as it turns out that uh, you know, like it was written before the movie was filmed, but it was based on the original Tarantino script and the original script. That's what happens. And, like, even if you watch, like, the bonus features on, like, the special editions, they actually filmed that ending. It exists. Oh, but yeah. But it just, it's not the one they used, you know? I think I remember uh, that. But it, it, like, blew my mind when I when I read the novelization. I was like, what? All this shit? Like, there's all this different stuff. Uh, so, so anyway, um, yeah, that- novelizations can be can have all sorts of different things. Yeah. I was also going to, this just came to mind and I wanted before I, it's also, it's an interesting parallel. The, um, you've, I mean, you've seen the movie Funhouse, the 1981 oh, yeah. Funhouse that's Toby yeah. Hooper and, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. and it's, so it's based on a book that, um, ah, fuck, uh, Dean Koontz, somebody wrote, but he originally released it under a different, uh, his pseudonym. Yeah. Um, and I have the one, I actually have the version that's under the pseudonym nice. and, uh, the book the the book um basically puts like the 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 movie is in like the last 15 minutes of the or like the maybe the last the 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 entire film is encapsulated in the last 20 pages of that wow. book but all of the rest of it is just this yeah. awesome story of the character like how they got to the fun house and oh, the carnival uh, yeah. and all that shit. it's fucking it's awesome so that was actually a you know, a book before it was a movie type thing. Yeah, like you were saying, yeah that's, that's a different thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's, but it's, it's I, I thought it was crazy how they worked that, how they did it like that. It was just like they just took this very small section of right. the book and made it an, an, a, a decent 90-minute horror flick. I don't know. Yeah, that's, like that's another odd thing that happens is where they'll they'll make an adaptation of, of, a, of a book that already exists and it couldn't be further from the source material. Or, or like you said, in this case it takes a very small segment of the source material and makes something out of it. But yeah, yeah it's a, uh, it's a, it's a tricky dicky, but uh, funny enough, like we mentioned this before that the, uh, that uh, horror novelizations are the most collectible ones. If you're trying to find a novelization of a comedy movie or an action movie, you can get them pretty cheap. You know, if you're trying to find something like time cop, 
But if you're trying to find Friday the 13th, like be prepared to shell out several hundred dollars. Uh, yeah. They're like super collectible, super collectible. Um, I was, uh, you know, uh, Scott Cole, right? Of course. Yeah. So I was talking with him uh, the other day on Skype. Uh, I actually had him on the Awesome Dude for Life Boner Bonus Podcast, my Patreon podcast. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about um, novelizations because I remember a post from him like years ago. I was like, did you post that you collect those? And like, yes, he's got a, a ton of them. And he mm-hmm. does have those Friday the 13th ones. And well, for some reason, they did not do a novelization of of uh, four and five. He said they did not. And, and I was like, "What the fuck, dude? We need to get on that. We need to go. We, we need to write some, the the Roy novelization, that. Yeah, dude. That we, like that's our collaborative. That would project. be our collaboration. Like that, we should get paid to do that. Um, but no, they, they. You're absolutely right. They didn't do that. And what's even weirder is they did do six. Like yeah. they didn't do four or five, but they did six. And weirder than that, part three. There were two of them, written by two totally different authors. They're both novelizations of Friday Thirteen Part Three, but they're they're two different versions by two different authors. It's like, how the fuck did that happen? But it did. So, I'd like to hear the story actually behind that happened. Um, yeah, how that happened. But yeah, like uh, for like you showed me the you sent me a link for the one for the Lost Boys, and it was what nine hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, it's insane. It yeah, yeah, it's insane. That's one of the most collectible. <laughs> that's it. That's crazy. But uh, I want to. I think without further ado, we should. I think we should get to it. We yeah. could talk about. We will talk about interesting tidbits of these, like every week. I'm sure because we'll. Yeah. I bet, but but my taint, my taint's all tingling for, for us. <laughs> I have to give a shout out to to Nick P because uh, yes. he, he's contributed to this uh, in in spades. Like he brought yeah, me a big a way yeah. of these fucking books, and he's got yeah. more coming because he's super invested. So today we're going to start off this segment with uh, the novelization of the 1981. <laughs> Hit film Porky's. <laughs> uh, if you're watching the video, I'm holding, it so much. I'm holding it in my hand. Uh, oh my god, I'm just filled with love for this. I love that there's a novelization of Porky's, which is just a horn dog movie. Like, who the fuck is reading a novelization of Porky's? We are. Exactly. And this is written by Ron Reynold, based on the screenplay by Bob Clark. Wait, wait, the Ron Reynold? Oh yeah. <laughs> the it's got it it's yeah it's even has a an asterisk here that you look down it says yes that ron Reynolds. Yes, yeah. um, and it's it's exciting notes that there's with action photos from the movie inside action photos i'm not sure what that means but anyway i've selected a reading but i wanted to read just the first this is what they they to sell you the novel because mm-hmm. these would be on the like supermarket checkout shit right, kind of right. they would have this on end caps back in the day and it was like an impulse item so yeah. if you're sitting there waiting for some fucking asshole to write a check and put it their id because we did that back then you would pick this up and just like open the cover and read the first thing and this yeah. is what the first thing this this is how they get yeah, you Yeah, these this. were these these were these like teaser things that not only in novelizations but in like all books back then you don't see it as much now but they would have like they would give you on the very first page, they'd give you like two or three paragraphs from the novel. Yeah. That was that was like it was like a, almost like a movie trailer in a way where it was just like this is going to pull you in. So, uh, yeah, proceed, sir. I yeah, can't so, wait to hear it. So this one at the top. Okay, so it's it's just bolded, typed at the top. Meet, meet, M E E T M E A T. Meet, meet. Hi, the girl cheap. Bouncing lightly up and down on the balls of her feet as she hugged her books in front of her. My name is Mindy. Can I ask you something? Yeah, the big guy said coolly. Sure. Why do they call you Meat? 
<laughs> the other jock smirked and looked away, unable to keep straight faces. Meat stared calmly at Mindy and shrugged his shoulders. Wendy Williams said I should ask you, Mindy warbled. She did, huh? Why do they call you Meat, Mindy persisted. Is it because you're so big? Meat kept his cool. Yeah, he told Mindy, sort of. Not sort of, Mindy said, miffed. Why? Meat stood up straight and looked at his cohorts, who were in the process of being reduced to hysterics. He sighed and asked Mindy, You really want to know? Yes, Mindy bubbled, paying no attention to the hyenas. Okay, Mindy, come on, I'll show you. Kavanaugh grabbed Meat by the shoulder, held him back, and tried to walk through his, or talk through his laughter. No, Meat, she's only a freshman. <laughs> oh, right, Meat winked. But after this, she'll be an instant senior. <laughs> and, that, meat. and that is how you get into this book. <laughs> Basically, it opens with a, a sexual assault. Uh, <laughs> of some horse cocked senior. That's been set up. It's been orchestrated by uh, her her good friend, another a friend, a fellow woman of hers, who's she set this up you know? for a good hearty laugh. This is what they did for a laugh back then. I well, mean, maybe not just a laugh. Maybe she was like, "No, you need some of this. This is what this is." You know, like that's true. Who knows? We don't know. We don't, we'll have to read the book to get context. Uh, well, so, I can't wait to. I mean, um, so I why don't you give us a little uh, taste of that book, sir? Okay, uh, let's see. This this uh, section I've just picked out. Um, I'm just going to jump right on into this one. <clears throat> Miss Ballbricker smiled exultantly. She had regained her composure, and when she spoke, it was with calm directness. She already had it all figured out. Now, Mr. Carter, I know this is completely unorthodox, but it's the only way to find that boy. She leaned forward and looked into Carter's eyes. Now, that penis had a mole on it i'd recognize that penis anywhere roy looked over at coach warren and quickly put his hand to his mouth and pretended to cough in hopes of disguising a burst of laughter <laughs> that's so fucking weird that's like a stage direction right there uh coach warren held his sides and turned away snickering through his nose despite the juvenile snickers of some miss Fallbricker went on flashing a haughty sneer at the two coaches this is a serious matter this this seducer and despoiler must be stopped he is extremely dangerous and mr carter i'm certain everyone in this room knows who that is he's a contemptuous little pervert who's been miss ballbricker principal carter interrupted the shakes were spreading from his fingers to his arms he swallowed hard and licked his lips well i'm sorry miss ballbricker said but i've got him now and i'm not going to let him slip through my fingers again this time it was coach goodenough that had to suppress his laughter. Roy and Coach Warren had by now pieced together what had happened in the girls' shower, and they, too, struggled to keep themselves from cracking up any further. Undaunted, Miss Ballberger continued to outline her battle plan. All I'm asking is that you give me the five boys for a few minutes. The coach can be persistent. Tommy Turner and any of the boys see fucking, what does it say? Oh, choose to see fit. Arrange this, and we can put a stop to this menace. Five boys in the nude? Carter explained. Exclaimed, his whole body was trembling now, and his eyes bulged in their sockets as he stared at Miss Bullbrecker. A police lineup so you can identify his his tally whacker? <laughs> the coach coaches pleadingly. Can we call it a tally whacker? Penis is just so <laughs> personal. <laughs> And that's where I'm going to end it right there. I, I think that's good. Dude, 
tallywhacker. I'm going to call it that from now on. I think that should become part of the lexicon of vital social issues and stuff. I like that. I also uh, do uh, think fondly on um, paging Mr. Herman for masturbation. <laughs> I really like that one. I'm like, man, that's that's Thank a really good one. We had this um, back in the day when uh, I worked at the software store with Nick P. Uh, we used to have this code for, or, you know, for, if a hot girl came into the video game store, which was uh, once, yeah. our code was a. Uh, um, SB and we would say like hey man did you see the SB awards uh last night or and you'd know to like come out and be like oh there's a girl out here but we really it, it originally was just SP and it was supposed to stand for soupy panties <laughs> oh. why I decided that because we're like we think the girls are hot where they, their panties are soupy because we think they're hot <laughs> or are our panties the soupy ones <laughs> I <don't understand>. so <laughs> but, uh, I like things like that so I'll think about that when I'm uh, fucking paging Mr. Oh. Herman. <laughs> when you're paging Mr. Herman at the, at the local theater. That's great, man. And that's a great, that's a great read. Porkies. I mean, and I got like it. Books and Chris, you've got a bunch coming. It's going to be a surprise every I week. I do. I, can't I, have, I, I do own a couple r right now, but like, uh, there's some I want to save for certain times. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I did find some other gems that I ordered online. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a treat. Uh, but while we, there's going to be a focus on novelizations, it won't be just novelizations. It'll be other totally ridiculous things. Absolutely. So, it, it, so stay tuned, folks. We hope you enjoy the segment. Uh, and now I think it's time to get to our first topic. Yeah, I think so. All right, so there's no good segue for this, so we're going to jump right into it. Our first topic is... One, two, three, four! Zombies! Zombie, 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 eh, I hate the Cranberries. I hate that song. I know she's dead, but I don't fucking care. Oh, she is? Yeah, rest in huh? something. I didn't I know to... she was dead. She's so dead. She might place. be a zombie. She might be a, a zombie. I have to piss. Okay. Second um, piss break. Before we start this. Oh, off. Oh, 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 I see what you said. Okay. No, I have to take a piss. I yes. thought you were saying her name was Isa Piss. Yeah. Yes, her name. Is, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and now I'm leaving all of this in because Please of just do, for that. So. Because <laughs> I right. do love that's what you were saying. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to go piss. Uh, right. uh, uh, rest in power, Isa Piss. And I'll see you Okay, so zombies. Uh, we decided that we're going to talk about zombies. We did talk about vampires and werewolves and slashers on other episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's high time we talked about zombies. Yeah, speaking of high time. Oh, oh, he's he's lighting up the the devil's lettuce there. I could resist it. Um, yeah, zombies, and I know that that's um. I don't know how you feel about this. I almost feel like zombies is like a dirty word in horror sometimes like now like just in that it's saturated it, it is it's been beaten into the ground it has like <laughs> over the last 15 years at least it's been beaten into the ground to the point where like you know um you know like a lot of publishers and stuff are turning in manuscripts they're like we don't want any zombie yeah they specifically will say yeah, we're like we do not want them because they just get inundated with them um and 
when a new zombie movie comes out, I'm like usually like oh, yeah, I don't need any more of that, you know. Because um, yeah. yeah, and it's become mainstream too with the success of shows like The Walking Dead and stuff. It's like it's just it's very it's very blasé uh, as far as horror goes. That said, there are some zombie classics mm-hmm. uh, from the old days and stuff that are really really fantastic. Some of my favorite '80s horror movies are zombie movies. Um, and, you know, even going back further than that, uh, zo- the zombie genre has done a, a lot um, for for horror. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. Uh, but, um, yeah, just now, I-, I just know that that's maybe on a lot of people's minds uh, as well. Like, uh, oh, fuck, zombies. Uh, not another zombie thing. But we're going to talk like we're talking about the good ones. I think we'll probably hit a couple stinkers as well um, or oh, yeah, whatever. We- uh, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we do. But, uh, you know, across everything, you know, movies and whatnot, zombies have been um, thrust down our pee holes and up our throats yeah. since. Uh, and and I. The Walking Dead comics were what, early 2000s? That's those started I'm coming in sure. 2000. I'm honestly not sure. Six, seven. I don't, Nick P got me into those back when they were coming out and I, I was reading them and I was like, oh, this is badass. This is so cool. And then when they made a show of it, I was like, oh, my God, there's going to be a show. And I here's a funny story about how stupid I am. Uh, it was it, that show was on. Uh, what AME AMC, right? Uh, I think the show was on that. And uh, I I uh, conflated it for like A&E. And I was like had a, a the night of the, the premiere of that show. I was like, fuck, yeah, dude, I can't wait. Like two of my friends came over like we're going to watch it. Fuck yeah. And I put on A&E and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, they're all wait. I was like, wait, wait, is it not? Oh, fuck. And I didn't even get that channel on my cable, so we couldn't watch it. Like, I'm a fucking idiot. But <laughs> it was cool back then. But now I don't know. Like, I saw something recently that said Walking Dead ending. And I was like, it's still going? What the yeah, yeah. fuck? That show has yeah. been going on for fucking ever. Yeah, I, I, I watched the, the first season and I abandoned the show by the second season because it started to feel a little too much like a soap opera to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, nothing against the show. It just didn't do anything for me. Uh, but I really liked it to start with. Um, but anyway, uh, that's, uh, that's one of the, that's just a great example of how, um, not just how popular, but it, it, it's how, um, bland, um, how 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 uh typical uh the the zombie genre has become where it's like it's become like you know everyday tv it's become like it's a popular tv show it's it's just it's become too much mm-hmm. you know to the point where um mainstream audiences may may finally be into it but actual horror fans have seen it so much so many times every variation you can think of to the point where we're just like not, nothing about it excites us anymore. Yeah. Um, but again, that said, I wasn't. I didn't want to talk about zombies just to like dump on them. I wanted to talk about just zombies in general and the the, the good things uh, uh, you know about them and uh, where they originated and uh, and you know like what what they mean to us. Yes. Now I'll start off with this. Do you have a favorite zombie movie? Um, and my, don't say from dusk till dawn because I will kick you in the balls. Well, Wes, <laughs> Wes and I have been talking, and we decided that that is I know. Um, mine is probably I probably have to say Return of the Living Dead, which I'm, I'm wearing 
the shirt, Turn of the Living Dead. Right here. You know, like, this is one of those rare occasions where you and I agree 100%. Because that is, without a doubt, the greatest zombie movie. Um, With one caveat, with one exception, Night of the Living Dead started it all, so I gotta give it to Night of the Living Dead. But Return of the Living Dead was made by one of the co-creators of Night of the Living Dead, and it's his version of the sequel to Night of the Living Dead, whereas Romero's version was Dawn of the Living Dead. Um, but as much as I love Night of the Living Dead, as groundbreaking as it was, and we'll talk about it for sure, Return of the Living Dead is my absolute favorite zombie movie because it's so much fun. I've yes. watched it more times than the other ones. I have such fond memories of it. It's fantastic, dude. It, it has everything. It has yeah. everything. Rock and roll as punk rock, rock and roll, bush, yeah. like, or, you know, a simulated bush, uh, <laughs> but real titties, uh, cool ass car, fucking weird, the zom- weird zombie, like a fucking freaky looking weirdo zombies. Yeah, well, well, that's, that's, that's just it. It's like, it's, it's a horror <clears throat> movie, but it also has comedy elements. Uh, it's really just bizarre and crazy. And they did a lot of stuff that other zombie movies didn't do. Like, it's the first movie I remember where, uh, they had a zombie that was just like from like the chest up, you know, like wasn't even oh, a yeah, zombie. Yeah. And like they had zombies who, like, for one thing, they were kind of fast at times. They could talk a little bit, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and uh, and so there, there was a lot of things, and like even uh, like some of the animals. It was the first time I remember ever seeing like a dog zombie and stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah, like the half dog. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. At the medical place, like it, yeah, it's all, yeah. like, alive again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so yeah, 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 I really like I really like that about it. Um So yeah, uh that's uh that's a great uh, Dan O'Bannon uh classic there uh, Return of Living Dead. Um and if you are listening to this and you haven't seen it, what the fuck are you doing? Like why are you listening to this podcast when you could be watching a movie that good? Yeah, so pause it or or watch it after or something, but it's pretty Whatever you, whatever you do, watch Return of Living Dead. Yeah. Um, to me, that's one of the top 10 best 80s horror movies. And that's a bold statement because the 80s was the golden age of horror movies. There's a lot of horror movies I love. But that one, when I think of 80s horror, that's one that immediately comes to mind. And you're wearing the Return of the Living Dead shirt. Check mm. out my coaster. Ooh, it's the Return <laughs> of the Living Dead coaster. I have a, I have like a, uh, like a six-pack of um, Return of the Living Dead coasters, which was given to me by Greg Kirby. Um, my good Shout friend out, Greg. Greg. Shouts out, Greg. Thank you for these coasters. Go White Sox. Um, he also, like, he loves that movie, man. He fucking loves that movie. This is my coaster that I'm using. <laughs> it's Mr. Rogers with a 12-pack of Miller High Life. Uh, what the fuck? It, he's in the castle, but in the ma- the land of make-believe. Uh, he's in front of the castle. and uh, <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm choking on my own laptop. That is uh, that is what my, my coaster is, so sorry. That's really funny. <laughs> That's really funny. You win the coaster uh, competition. It wasn't, I didn't think it was a competition. I just thought we were showing off our coasters. I know. Well, I'm glad you showed me that because it's pretty great. Uh, yeah, so Return of the Dead, really, really a fun movie. Really funny. And also, it had um, it had a series of sequels, but I only I only think two of them count because um, the later ones were uh, made by like the Sci-Fi Channel, and they like couldn't have less to do with the original source material. Yeah. Uh, but they had two sequels, Return of the Living, Living Dead 2 and 3. Uh, are you familiar with these movies at all? Um, not really. 
Not as really? much as I am with this one. I, I, I don't think so, no. But have you seen them at all? I think so. I can't remember. Uh, all right, well, then we... Then <clears throat> jog we my memory. <clears throat> well, uh, part two is... It has its moments, but it is a it is a disappointing follow-up. Um, not that anything could... I don't think anything could live up to the glory that is re- the Return of the Living Dead. Uh, right. But uh, Return of the Living Dead 2 does have its moments. It is funny. Um, and it does continue the story of the trioxin and everything, um, but to but, uh, to me it's 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 more forgettable. Even though it does have some hilarious moments, uh, like the, the famous line "Get this damn screwdriver out of my head," which is a great line and a yeah. funny scene. Um, but to me, uh, the real the, the the one that's really worth mentioning is Return of the Living Dead Part Three. I adore that movie. This movie was done by Brian Usna, who was a big collaborator with Stuart Gordon, uh, and mm-hmm. also made some movies of his own. He he did um, he directed Bride of Reanimator and Society, and a, a lot of movies that were like filled with goopy, crazy special effects. Like Bride of Reanimator is almost more insane than Reanimator. That's how batshit that movie is. Uh, Society, I don't know, I don't know how familiar you are with that. Oh, I love Society. Okay, that movie's so, yeah, awesome. It is. I think okay, I'm so, looking so, at Return. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I'm looking at Return of the Living Dead three. I, I have seen this. That yeah. one's badass. Yeah, it is. And I will say that there's there's two different versions of that movie, and they're both awesome. Uh, I didn't see the uncut one until I was like in my 30s because it was just wasn't available. Uh, but um, it's great either way. But the uncut version of that is phenomenal. It's like leaps and bounds better. More nudity, more crazy screaming Mad George style effects. Yeah. Uh, it's it's nuts. Uh, it's absolutely nuts. And uh, I really, really love that movie a lot. It's not the original Return of the Dead. It's not that quite that great. But it is a solid follow-up. It's definitely the best of the sequels. In fact, I, would, I will say it's one of the greatest uh, horror movie sequels ever. I really love right. that movie a lot. So... Uh, wow, that's uh, you're doing a lot of strong hot takes today. I am. I'm all right Sh-sha! with it. Hot takes. No, Sh-sha! it's true, dude. It's like this guy, like you know, he uh, his dad works at like the lab where they have the tracks and they're trying to create like a military weapon out of it. And he and his girlfriend go there, and she gets subjected to the to the poison, and she's like slowly turning into a zombie. And like the only thing that takes the pain away is if she like practices self-harm so she's like driving needles into herself and shit and she yeah. like becomes this yeah. like this queen zombie where she's just like like the ultimate um the ultimate like piercings where she's just like covered in all of these like hooks and pins and just like all sorts of craziness uh the movie is absolutely fucked up uh and uh yeah it's it's definitely high up there on, on one of my favorite sequels for sure yeah, I'll have to revisit it, but I do. Uh, looking at the pictures, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this. Um, but... See if you can <clears throat> copy. Like, I think, I mean, they released it on Blu-ray now. I think you can get the uh, the uncut version of it fairly easily. But I remember, um, I don't know, like ten years ago, I was searching for the uncut version, and I found out that uh, in the UK on DVD it was uncut, and so I actually like hunted that down and bought the UK version. Uh, and got that. Just you, do you have an all-region player or some shit? I do. I, I got an all-region player many years ago bec- for one reason. It's because the Phantasm series wasn't available in America on DVD. But it was available in a box set 
in the UK where you got all four movies. The five uh, Ravenger didn't exist yet. And so I was like, I must get this. I don't care what it takes. And so I bought a Region Zero player because I wanted the, the Phantasm box set so bad. Yeah, I think yeah. you said, or maybe you told me that before. That's pretty hardcore. I mean, I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, I'm a nerd. You are you, you are what you are. I'm trying to see where like a the uncut one is. But anyway, we don't have to. Oh, it's a Blu-ray. It is available on Blu-ray. Blu-ray. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Blu-ray uncut, but it's streaming on Amazon, so I'm imagining that's not the uncut one. But probably not. It also has popped up on like some of those like cheap Walmart like variety discs where you get like eight random horror movies on that's, one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's the cut version. And most of the time, you find it's going to be the cut version. And when when I finally got my hands on the uncut version, I was like, holy fuck! There's so much more to it. It's so much more graphic, uh, sexually and um. And horror-wise, it's fantastic. Like, you get to see the chick naked, and also, not only is she just naked, but she's, like, full-out, like, covered in, like, all of these cuts and, like, nails in her body and stuff. It's crazy. So all, like, the makeup effects that they did yeah, went to yeah. all the trouble to do. Now you actually get to see what, what they did. Yeah, and boobies. Well, of course. <laughs> well, who are you talking to here? Yeah, no, it's it's it's. Uh, I think what's her name, Melinda Clark. I think is her name. Uh, she's really really gorgeous, and she was in some other um, uh, low budget horror schlock, uh, including The Killer Tongue, which was her uh, one starring role that I know of, where she she literally has a a tongue that kills people. <laughs> oh, oh, it's, it's quality, dude. It's quality. Yeah, no, I mean it is. It's no chopping mall, but. It's not a, but it's, you know what it's not? It's not a zombie movie. So let's talk about some other oh, zombie movies. Oh, let's get back on the zombies. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's get back on track here. Um, I think we should talk about Night of the Living Dead, because Night of the Living Dead is where it all began. True. Uh, George Romero, the, the father of the zombie genre. Uh, you know, in the 1960s, he comes out with a little movie called Night of the Living Dead, and it totally changed the, the shape of horror as we knew it. This was a groundbreaking film. Uh, when it came out, and it was uh, notorious, notoriously gruesome um, because it had people coming back from the dead and eating human flesh, and it, like a little girl eats her own parents and shit. Like the movie was really intense. Yeah. Um, I remember specifically on a personal note that was one of the few horror movies that my mother went to see when she was a teenager, and it turned that particular one. She always told me turned her off horror for good. She was like, I had nightmares for a month. She's like, I could not, I, I will, like, that ruined horror for me. She's like, I cannot handle horror movies. That movie really psychologically traumatized me. Uh, Interesting. Uh, but I mean, I bet it did, but that's what it's supposed to do, I guess, you know? No, yeah, that's, that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to be a scary movie. But you got to give the movie credit as well because of the political statement that it made. It, yeah. yeah. There was an African American was like the lead hero right right, right. Yes. and a lot of people flipped out about that at the mm. time this is the 1960s and like here's this black hero uh like with all of these other white people and he's the hero of the movie and a lot of people couldn't handle that and there's like this scene where like the, the one of the white women is like being hysterical and he like you know like like rough houses her, and like people mm. actually were like i think the subsex is that he raped her and then it's like what the fuck are you talking about no um but uh you know the big twist of it is, and sorry if you haven't seen this, but you've had a hundred years to see it. The big, like, spoiler, you know, in the end is that, uh, you know, like the zombies are kind of taken care of, and 
these like white rednecks show up and they immediately kill him. They kill him, you know? And like, it makes a really powerful statement. Like here's the hero of the movie and he's killed because of his race, you know? Um, what an awesome movie that is. Yeah, absolutely. A true, true horror classic. And that started a, a glorious career for one of the, the greatest horror filmmakers of all time, Mr. George Romero. Yeah. And how, how did he lose this to the public domain? Yeah, that's a really crazy story, too. Somehow, I don't know exactly, I like off the top of my head, but he did lose this to the public domain. And for the longest time, you could always get Nine Living Dead on VHS and DVD, but it was always like shit quality because mm. like any company with, with two cents could put it out because it was in the public domain. Uh, eventually, he got those rights back. And now you like can get good quality transfers, remastered versions of the original film uh, mm. with specials and stuff like that. But anyway, like that was the beginning of him as being the father of the zombie movies. Of course, he went on to make Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, and the mm. rest. Um, and the rest. Right. He uh, he 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 was he's oh will always be known as the king of that genre. Yeah, um, and with good reason. I have the Dawn of the Dead poster behind me. Yes, you do. Uh, on the door. Just so is that me. one of your favorites too? Yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah. That one's that one's probably one of my favorites. Um, after this one, this is more serious, but I like the. I mean, it's got the. Uh, what do they call them? Fred or Ralph or the zombie that talks and shit. Well, uh, are you talking about Bub? Yeah, Bub. Well, that's Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Yeah, of the Day Dead. of the Dead. Yeah, no, Dawn of the Dead is the one where they're uh, the helicopter and all that shit. It's when they're in the mall. Yeah, the mall, the Roville Mall. That's why yeah. I like it. There we go. I'm back, dude. I'm in smoking. Uh, a lot of weed, but I do like Day of the Dead too. I wanted to bring that up. That's why it was on yes. my uh, mind because I have the action figure like of Bub that they yeah. released uh, prominently displayed. I liked that one just because it was the first time they gave a taste of uh, intelligence to the zombies, which right. didn't really fucking matter. Like it, and it nothing. It was just hopeless anyway. I, I loved it was hopeless. They lived underground. It was awful. Um, yeah, they and, like they, uh, they're like this, like living in this military base underground. And Bub was like the one zombie that, like, the the, the doctor was trying to teach it to communicate. Uh, so it was almost like a pet. Um, mm-hmm. But you know what I love about Day of the Dead, uh, and I like Day of the Dead is, I don't know, like there's a thing with like I I love Day of the Dead in the way mm-hmm. in the way I appreciate it, but something about the whole movie taking place underground is it, it makes it kind of bland to me. Uh, but it makes up for it in the sense that it, uh, you know, cause like, uh, Dawn of the Dead is like in this shopping mall and it's really just funny. Uh, whereas Day of the Dead, it's just all in this brick, like, sepulcher and that, like, gets really drab. But I love, like, that movie has the most disgusting effects ever in a horror movie because it has people being ripped apart and stuff. And what they did, um, uh, Mr. Savini. Mr. Tom Savini. I was just friend of the show. Friend of the show, Tom Savini. What they did, uh, and this is super innovative and super cool, uh, is they, they actually went to butcher shops and got like actual pig and sheep intestines and stuff. Mm. Uh, so like you see these scenes of like people being ripped in half, literally ripped in half, and there's like zombies just pulling guts out, and they're real guts. So yeah. like you, it can't look more real than that unless you actually killed someone. It's like, and it's like so gross and disgusting. Uh, like apparently with like you know 
I've, I've watched the documentary stuff they're talking about it and I'm like, yeah, like the smell, like they were trying so hard not to just throw up from the smell shooting those scenes. I'm sure. Uh, fun fact about me, uh, I was, you know, born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but I lived in uh, Monroeville and that is the Monroeville Mall that they filmed this movie in. And I've been to the Monroeville Mall many times. So right. I'm kind of like the, the guy who met uh, Andy Griffith. Yeah. <laughs> you really are. You're well, fun fact about me is I was born in the bunker where they shot Day of the Dead. You fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't be lying more. Uh, but no, yeah, we, like, of course, Romero, uh, you know, rest in power. Uh, Romero was a, a king of horror, king of zombies, but he did a lot of other great stuff too, like Creepshow and stuff. He did the Creepshow yeah. movies. Um, so he had a bed, lot of other bedtime stories. Did you see that? Dead like George, stories? yeah, dead time stories. George yeah. Romero's bedtime stories. Yep, yep. There's that. There's Martin. There's a lot of stuff that he did. Bruiser. Uh, but he will always, forever, be known as the, as the Godfather, or not just no, the father, not Godfather, the father of zombies. Father of Father Zombie. Why father didn't he zombie. come back? It wouldn't it be awesome if he came back and then like turned everybody into zombies. Zombie, yeah, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Um, funny, funny enough, uh, you know, speaking of books, like there's a book that just came out. Um, uh, The Living Dead, I think is the name of it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, or, I see a bunch of people posting about it. Yeah, yeah, where like it was, it was half finished by him, and he worked with another author to get it finally finished after you know after he had died, like it was picked up. Uh, it's supposed to be really good. I haven't read it yet, but I want to pick that up. Anyway, I wanted to talk about um what what happened with Night of the Living Dead, like where that came from, because this was the first movie that gave us the zombies, that the zombie genre as we know it today. People coming out of the grave, eating human flesh and other, and like human beings trying to survive when the whole world's being run, overrun by the living dead. Um, right. This was a very original concept. It was a popular concept so much that it created a whole genre. Now the, the place that this really originated uh, was was with uh, Richard Matheson's novel I Am Legend. Uh, now I Am Legend is about is not necessarily about zombies. It's actually about vampires. Yeah. But it but the nature of the story is zombie esque because exactly. it's like the, it's like a last man on earth thing. It's just this guy and mm -hmm. all these undead creatures that are just like you know feasting on human flesh or whatever. Uh, but it is different in the sense that, like, those creatures, they, they talk and they taunt him every night. Uh, but he just goes out and tries to fight them off. Um, yeah. So, I, so many movies have been made of that, I just want to say. Great. But that, but read great. the fucking book. Like, the story, yeah. like, it's in a lot of collections. It's one of my favorite Richard Matheson stories. It's really fucking it's, awesome. It's, it's really, uh, I would say that it's one of the greatest horror novels of all time. Wow. Cool. I would. I, I, I Am Legend is one of the greatest horror novels of all time. Richard Matheson, definitely one of the greatest horror novelists of all time. I agree with that. You know, he was a big contributor to the Twilight Zone. A lot of the or Twilight Zone episodes that you love were based on his his he work. Wrote, he wrote them, yeah. He did. And uh, yeah. a lot of the stuff that we think of as, a lot of stuff that is tropes now were invented or by Richard him. Matheson. Absolutely. Or the box. Yeah. Uh, the, the, 
there's so many. The du- duel was one of his uh, that they made a movie out of. Yeah, but a lot of the Twilight Zone stuff, but, like you know, oh, the like twi- Gremlin on the plane and stuff like that. This is all Richard Matheson. Yeah, I know. He's so great. Like, yeah, it goes on, but yeah, you know, I mean, not without listing all of it, but it just goes on and on, like the amount of stuff that he he did. Um, uh, you know, like he created a lot of stuff that we think of as cliche now. Uh, but he he did it first and was really effective. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I Am Legend was the the book that inspired George Romero to write Night of the Living Dead. It oh, was wow. it was it inspired him. Yeah. So in a way, we have Richard Matheson to credit for the zombie genre as we know it today. And as you mentioned, I Am Legend has been made into films. It's been made into three films. Uh, it, it was made into the original black and white uh, Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price. It was made into the 70s exploitation film Omega, Omega Man, Man with Charlton Heston. Yes. Uh, and then it was also made into I Am Legend with Will Smith. None of these movies got it right. In fact, I would say the best one is the original uh, Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price. That's probably the closest to the source material. Uh, and it's not a bad film. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I'm so, yeah, sorry. It sticks to the story pretty closely. Pretty closely. But it still fucks up the ending. Yeah. Uh, the ending of that book is such a mind fuck, uh, and none of the movies have stuck to that. Uh, probably the shittiest is I Am Legend, where they finally at least got the title right, but they totally fucked it up. That movie is is a is such a sin compared to the the excellence of that novel. Anyway, I agree. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Romero creates this genre, and it explodes. Not just uh, as far as American cinema. But it really explodes in Italian cinema as mm-hmm. well, uh, like with the with uh, Lucio F- uh, Fulci with um, with the movie Zombie. Right. Are you familiar, sir? Yes, I've okay. seen that one. Um, I don't have anything to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> we see. Sometimes I feel like I keep talking, and I want to like give you a chance to say something. Yeah, I no. heard out on stuff, dude. I'm a, I'm 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 providing color commentary on the ones that I don't know uh by heart. I you know, I've watched these movies but like I also am just the uh, I've watched so much stupid shit I don't retain it all and you know, zombies aren't my favorite thing. So, mm-hmm. uh you know, I just don't engage in a lot of it. We but can't, we can't just talk about Stone Temple Pilots and From Dust Till Dawn. I mean, we <sighs> We got to talk about other things. I know, I know, and that's why I'm listening and I'm learning, and I have the ones that I like, and I want. I mean, I, there's things I want to talk about zombie wise, like running versus shambling, and um, you know, yeah. Yeah. stuff like that, comedic zombie stuff, like uh, you know, the hits, the shits. Yeah, uh, well, let's but, talk about it. I, 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 real quickly just wanted to mention that this became a big uh, subgenre for Italian horror, the zombie films. Um, yeah. Where, like, you know, Italian horror was also known for, like, the Dario Argento, uh, gallo slasher, flashy slashers, uh, and also known for, like, the super extreme cannibal films. Um, they, they kind of, like, jumped on the whole zombie bandwagon, particularly Fulci, uh, with the movie Zombie and mm. uh, other subsequent films. Uh, and Zombie is a lot of fun. I mean, you talk about a movie that's kind of, like, funny, almost comical. I mean, there's a scene, where a zombie takes a bite out of a shark. Oh, the underwater shark scene. Yes. Yeah. It's really yes, funny. That really scene is funny, fucking. You know? <laughs> I, I was watching that with uh, actually with Lucas Mangum uh, shouts out. And I was like, how the fuck did they film this? Like, yeah, he, yeah. 
he was in no shape to answer questions, but I no comment. But he because uh, just <laughs> you, because you had knocked stressed. him out, he was yeah. Like, I knocked him out. I beat the shit out of him. And I was like, let's watch this shark thing. And, uh, you know, and then I was like talking to him like, uh, you know, like a sock puppet or something. But yeah, yeah, that's badass. How did they do that? Do you know? I don't know. Uh, That's just the magic of Fulci, man. Like, like Fulci lives. Um, uh, Yeah, that that movie also has like one of the greatest um, kill scenes ever, dude. It has uh, the eye gouging. Yes. Where the zombie reaches through the door and there's like a big wooden shard sticking out that's like point in a point and he's like slowly pulling that woman towards him and the fucking shard of wood is getting closer and closer to her eye. It's just brutal and like it just makes your your skin crawl when you watch it. And like sure enough it just like goes right through her eye and rips out of her fucking head. Uh it's it's a beautiful moment in horror history. Yeah, I agree. No, yeah, that was that one does have some great great moments in it for sure it does it does uh so you were you were mentioning like you want to talk about fast versus slow and stuff so uh i'll turn it over to you like what's some of the ones you want to talk about well i don't i just wanted to uh, ask you what you thought about that like fast versus slow uh i mean i the the first time i ever saw that was in you know 28 days later right uh i don't know if that's the first time it was ever conceptually out there or well, you know what's funny about that is a lot of people credit it as being that, but they did that in Return of the Living Dead, which was like at least ten years before it. They're they're fast in that. Like, think about how they swarm on the paramedics when they show up. They just like jump on. They just run and swarm on them. You know. So I don't know why Twenty Eight Days Later gets credit for being the fast zombies when it like it had happened beforehand. Yeah, you're probably. I, I guess they probably get the credit because there's those sweeping shots of hordes of zombies sprinting after people through fields and shit like that i guess they show that a lot i remember like you know the thing about these like zombie movies or the zombie trope um and, and it also you know it goes on to other monsters that we've talked about it's it's it all comes down to like the bite if you get bitten by one of these things you become them and right. you can't do anything about it there's no fucking cure i know we, there's some they do fucking these things where people cut their arms off in movies now and think they can stop like the thing but in my <clears throat> in my book you bit your bit you're done you know mm-hmm. so it all seems to center around that and and the the one that remains at least in my mind like in the grand scheme of things the most survivable would be shambling zombies just because you know they're not fast but yeah you can run whatever yeah but uh those zombies when i saw that movie in the theater and they were just like able to sprint like crazy like they were all uh on the olympic bobsled team but for running and uh that was terrifying i thought Mm -hmm. because you're fucked you know you're fucked because there's hordes of them there's one what do you when you're fighting a dracula you fight like one maybe Mm -hmm. usually you know two unless you're like when you know in from dusk till dawn see what i did uh unless you go to back to a horde of them but usually typically but you know what what? like although it's vampires from dusk till dawn plays out like a zombie movie in the sense that because here's what a zombie movie is. It's just, it's monsters multiplied. It's, it's a huge amount of monsters all kind of converging on a small amount of people. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's the conventional story. So even if the monsters aren't zombies, even if they're, you know, the vampires like they are in From Dust Till Dawn, um, that is still a zombie movie. 
in the sense that it's that it's like it follows that trajectory like even in first dawn like there's like there's that guy who gets bit and tries to act like he wasn't and tries to hide it that's a total zombie trope that is that happens in every zombie movie you know tom savini shouts out that was him that was that was him yes uh so uh but but you but you see what i'm saying here yeah no i do i do yeah uh, you're saying that you actually really like from dust till dawn um, right. and it's okay. uh it's excellent and you can draw a lot of parallels to it in, yeah. in horror it's all right and uh <laughs> It's passes the time, but oh. uh, it's not something like I like. It's not something I would return to often or anything. But uh, but you know, like, my boy, that's the thing is, it doesn't do anything new or inventive. Like everything in that movie has been done a hundred times before that movie came out. So uh, that's kind of what I'm talking about with like the zombie tropes and everything. Uh, but there are many fast zombies before 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later never really did it for me personally, uh, but I know a lot of people love that movie. Then That's like a zombie favorite. I'd have to revisit it. I mean, I watched that one and the uh, sequel, I guess, in the theaters, but I never went back to them. I guess I didn't feel yeah. strongly enough. But but just that, that was terrifying, a terrifying thought to just a brainless, mindless horde of really fast because it seemed like they even got superpowers of fastness when they became zombies yeah they did they did they they were much faster than the other fast zombies that came before them so yeah that that is true that they they were like were just like a rocket they you know they 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 were really really fast um so they could really swarm on you um but in all the return of the living dead movies uh like they they they're not like the slow crawling uh, you know, zombie. Some of them are like Tar Man is kind of slow, but um, but like you see these these zombies just like like go nuts. You know, like I remember in in part three, you know, like they have one in a lab that just goes berserk and it's just like what? It's just like it's not crawling along. It's like going absolutely insane. You know? Yeah. So uh... I don't know. I don't know why it gets associated with that. Maybe just modern modernity of yeah. things. Yeah. But, um, you know, another thing I also like, I, I think the first time I saw this maybe was in The Walking Dead or maybe it was just the first time like the concept came to my mind was uh, and they just showed it. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, was that actually the, the zombies? Uh, and I just have never thought about this before. Was it zombies like continue to rot as they are? Yeah, you know, sure. it's not like they get to stay in that state of shambled. Mm -hmm thing so like i i guess i've seen things in the walking dead when i have watched it or, or just became aware of they find like rotted zombies in the forest or whatever and it's just their head left and like you know right, fragments right. of bodies and shit and that would fucking suck if you got bit by a skull of a zombie you got all you fought all these fucking zombies and some like a skull yeah. bites you or some shit i would be fucking I'd, oh, I'd be so pissed. I'd shoot you in the head too before I well, again, shot myself I mean, in the head. Return of the Living Dead did that, where they have like that. They have that like half mm. torso who's mm. laying on there explaining why they do what they do. She's like the pain. You know, we eat brains because it takes the pain away. And she's like just a torso. She's not like even a complete person. You know. Uh, so yeah, like that whole thing where they continue to rot is 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 definitely a cool thing. But it had been done before Walking Walking Dead for sure. I figured it had been. Yeah. But don't you think that that would like how how long would you have to wait that out like people, you yeah know, like people a rot do you finally totally disintegrate yeah um the other thing that I always thought was funny with zombie movies is I'm like okay well if all these zombies 
if they catch you, they eat you, they rip you to pieces, they eat you, where are all the new zombies coming from? Like, what's with all these zombies that aren't at least partially eaten? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. there could be zombies that were, like, eaten to shit walking around because they got bit and they got eaten by a bunch of zombies and now they're a zombie too. But if you're, if, like, a zombie, if a horde of zombies attacks you, how how do you come back as a zombie if you're all ripped to pieces, you know? Well, isn't that, I think that might be one of the concepts they explore in Walking Dead. There's people just screaming at their fucking uh, iPods. That's what they listen to this on, right? Their iPod turning that wheel uh, right now of like, you fucking idiots. Uh, it's this. But like, you know, don't they like start running out of people? Like they run out of food because they are are, are eating all the people and not turning enough people into zombies. So I, like I said, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It seems I, like it went that direction. Done, but like the walking dead aside, there's been so many zombie movies and so many bomb zombie books that everything has been done. Yeah. Absolutely everything you can think of has been done. You know, like the zombie girlfriend where they're trying to keep the girlfriend alive and uh, you know, like zombie babies in, in you know, like it's everything you can think of. Zombievers. Zombievers. That's a real thing. Yeah, like everything has been done. Um so it's uh it needs to be retired. Um, or at least if like if you can't do, but but I mean at the same time there are stuff that that there is things that come out that really do something different or manage to be really entertaining like a uh, train to Busan. I don't know if you saw that, but you know it's a. I wanted to say yeah, let's yeah. There's things I haven't seen that one, but that's on my list. But there's I was going to ask you what's the most interesting newer presentation of zombies that you've you've found? Oh, def- definitely train to Busan. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, uh, it it's just. It doesn't do anything new, but the way it's done is just really entertaining. Uh, they're all it, basically it's zombies on a train. You know, they're like they're all like on this train and stuck, and they're just trying to fight these zombies off. Uh, and uh, it's just it's a really really fun, crazy movie. Like the the kills and the action are really off the charts. Very really well done. Um, there have been other zombie things in recent years. Not new, the super newest thing, but like movies like World War Z and stuff like that, which just do didn't do anything for me. Just really didn't entertain me at all. Um, I just remember that movie being super fucking long, and I was just like, "What? Well, how 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 much longer does Brad Pitt do like zombie things?" (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it, it just that movie also. Veer, that's one of those movies like we were talking about earlier. It, it, it veers so far from the source material, uh, cause that's based on the book by, by, uh, uh, Max, uh, uh, Brooks, uh, who is the son of Mel Brooks. Uh, that's based on his novel. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's actually several short stories, uh, that are like first person accounts of the zombie apocalypse from different parts of the world, different characters. Uh, so the movie totally strays from that. It's nothing mm-hmm. like the book at all. Um, so it's it's just kind of funny how those things happen. You know, it's like a, a it's an adaptation in name only. You know. Yeah. Uh, funny story about that that movie. Um, uh, my mom shouts out mom. Uh, went to uh was going on a you know a a whatever Friday night date with her husband, and they went to eat, and then they were going to go see a movie. And they went to the movies and uh, she he said, whatever you want to see. And she picked she saw this poster with Brad Pitt on it and just was like, oh, I like Brad Pitt. Let's go see that World War Z. She thought it was like a, a war movie with Brad Pitt. Right, 
right and she gets in there and sits down and she's watching it and then she like i think it, sh- it took her uh, it's like 25 or 30 minutes to realize that, that it, this wasn't going to be a, a like a war movie with brad uh-huh. Pitt. Uh-huh. <laughs> very very funny mom shouts well, out to you did they leave uh, or did they watch the whole thing i think she did stay for the whole thing um, but she definitely did close her eyes for many right, parts, right? Because uh, yeah. my mom's a big scaredy cat. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. That's I. I, I always whenever I, I like that she's like, oh, Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so funny, and and that's a fucking real thing, you know. People, yeah. that's why he's in movies, people, because that's all it takes. Sometimes people are like, oh, I like Brad Pitt, sure. you know, and then sure. they're like, who doesn't like Brad Pitt? I I don't know, and I don't want to know. I don't want to meet those people. What kind of asshole doesn't like Brad Pitt? Fucking terrorists, probably. Uh, yeah, it's that's what I think. Like, either you love Brad Pitt or you're in Al Qaeda. You're you're Ida, you're ISIS. Yeah, and not the good ISIS from Archer. You're just the ISIS ISIS. Yeah, and uh, well, you don't want to be that that ISIS thing. No. But ISIS aside, or speaking of ISIS, you know they put out a movie <laughs> recently that uh, I didn't watch, but. One that I did watch that uh, I found. Well, first of all, I do want to uh, I, I do want to mention Zombie Strippers featuring Jenna Jameson yes. and Robert England. Robert England. Uh, yep. Remember that when uh, I first caught the faintest faintest whiff of that coming out, that I pre-ordered it mm. uh, and had it sent to my doors, and uh, it's it's pretty great, but uh, it's. A lot it's of fun. It's, it's fun, but it's not it's not taking home anybody's uh, awards. No, it's it's not it's not mind blowing or anything. But I do I did enjoy it. I only saw it once, and I actually saw it in the theater because I was living in Boston at the time, where we had a lot of these indie theaters where they showed cool stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so I went with a couple of friends, and um, uh, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I love how they have these literally zombie strippers dancing on stage, and they're just like Bleh! they're just like these insane babes that are just totally undead and like all the music is like death metal yeah love that about it too where they're just like they're dancing to death metal uh but but like it didn't it didn't leave a big impression on me it wasn't something i was like oh man i gotta tell everybody about this i just saw it and it was kind of fun and it was just like instantly forgotten it was just silly it was just silly i shouldn't bring it up but uh i did see one recently have you seen one uh movie called the girl with all the gifts I did. I did see that. Yeah, that was an interesting zombie concept. I thought. Yeah, it wasn't a bad concept. Uh, I mean, it didn't really, uh, it didn't really entice me all that much either. But the concept was different for sure. Yeah, um, that that's all I thought. I just thought it was an okay movie. But right. I, I remember thinking like, that's an interesting take on it. One that inter- entertained me recently. I was just trying to find the fucking title, but I can't. It's it's a Shutter movie. I think it's called Stitches or something like that. That just came out uh, and. Came out recently within the last couple of months. Zombie movie, but super entertaining. I was like, oh, I, I don't, I don't hate this, and I All feel right. like I might. <laughs> uh, but I don't know the name, so what the fuck does it matter? Anyway, so what are you even talking about? I don't know, dude. Jibber Zomb- jabba. Jibber <laughs> Well, the uh, zombie, like there are other, there are many other variations on the zombie genre other than the ones that we like talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, like before Night of the Dead. There were still zombies, but they're... Check, please. It's called Yummy. Yummy. Okay. The movie is called Yummy. It's on Shudder, and it's a it's a kind of zombie movie, but it's uh it's very entertaining. It's in like a takes place in a uh, like a plastic surgery clinic where 
these ridiculous plastic surgeries are happening and uh then a zombie thing gets unleashed in there so very funny uh very gory and i liked it gotta love the gore your witness so what i was yeah what i was gonna say is that there are other variations on the genre um you know like before night of the living dead before the zombie genre as we know it now there were zombie movies but it's a very different thing it was more like uh like like white zombie the movie not the band like the bella lugosi movie where you had like these voodoo priests and stuff where they would like do voodoo and make someone into like a zombie like a brainless you know like slave and stuff like that's what zombies were yeah before night of the living dead you know and i watched uh that that movie white zombie um in the airport in Mexico City in a six hour layover waiting to like go to the fucking resort town or whatever I was going to with my ex-wife ex-wife and I had that on my computer so I sat and watched it and uh it's it's really fucking slow that movie is so fucking slow dude and I was like oh man this is what I saved to watch during a fucking six hour (laughs) felt like eight hours dude like I I went back in time two and a half hours for having watched that movie it's it's Uh, funny because that is a that is one of the more well-known Lugosi films uh and celebrated and I think more so now celebrated by a younger generation because of the band and everything being named after it but yeah it's 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 a slow movie it is it's it's not great yeah Um, it's not like all gory or anything like you would. It's it's like the voodoo, which is like we are just but you're just about. Yeah, to well, well, I mean, the horror movies weren't gory back then, anyway. Yeah, yeah. But you, I was stupid. You know, you want something, you didn't get it. Uh, yeah. But voodoo, I mean, the movie's old as shit. The movie's from like or like late fifties or something. It's an old movie. So old. You, wouldn't, out. you wouldn't expect it to have like Rick Baker level effects with gore and stuff. Um, but, uh, anywho, um, there's, so there are different types of zombie movies. One of my personal favorites, which kind of, uh, takes it in a whole other direction is, uh, uh, is the original Italian name of it is Della Morte Della More. Uh, when it was released in America, it was called Cemetery Man. Are you familiar with this film? No, I haven't seen the, that. Oh man, you are in. <laughs> you should really watch it. Uh, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite zombie movies. I love it because it's uh, it's a very interesting take. What it is is it's about a guy who he works at the cemetery and like it's his job to you know watch the cemetery at night. He basically lives there. You know, he buries the bodies and everything by day, and like by night, he just lives at the cemetery in like isolation. He's like this kind of like troubled guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Rupert Everett before he became anybody. Uh, and he, uh, and what happens is like the, the dead start coming back and like, he just considers it his job to maintain the cemetery. So he just shoots them and kills them and puts them back in the grave because he's like, well, this is my job. I'm supposed to keep this cemetery (laughs) cleaned up, you know? Yeah. Uh, But the great thing about the movie is it, it has, it's when it first starts, it's kind of along the lines of like evil dead or, uh, dead alive. Where it's like got this comedy element, like there's like a talking severed head, and there's like a zombie who rides a motorcycle and stuff. It's really funny and crazy. But as the movie progresses, it enters into this surrealism and this kind of nihilistic viewpoint, where it becomes almost like a David Lynch movie or something, where uh, the Grim Reaper appears to him, the cemetery man, and tells him, stop killing the dead, they're mine. If you want to make a difference in this world, start killing the living. And so he does, and he just becomes this like murderer. 
it's a crazy Holy shit, dude. I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at fucking images of this. I'm gonna. Yeah. I want to watch this right now. You really, you really should check it out, dude. It's a fantastic movie. I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, and those okay. listening out there, it's called Cemetery Man in America. Uh, Della Morte, Della More is the Italian title, which actually is more clever because that translates to of love and of death. Uh, and that's a better title for the movie than Cemetery Man, considering what happens in it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking awesome, dude. There's a woman, uh, in, in the movie who he falls in love with. And like every time, like what happens is there's several women, but they all look exactly the same. They're played by the same actress. And every time he falls in love with her, something horrible happens and it screws it all up. He just can't like win at all. And oh, it's shit. just this really like bizarre, um, existential nightmare that it becomes. Uh, and you don't see that coming from the beginning because the beginning is just so wacky and silly. Um, and uh, it just gets darker and darker. And then by the end, you're just dumbstruck. You're like, holy fuck, the ending is crazy. Uh, so, yeah. I'm definitely into watching that, for sure. Yeah. And reporting back on it. Yeah, I would love to hear your take on it, man, because it's really good. Really good. I think you would enjoy it. Yeah, I, I think so, too. One of my favorite zombie films. Uh, the first uh, review that comes up here, one star. I watched this movie after watching some reviews saying it was funny and great. I did not like it. Took me a few days to finish. The only good, the only thing about it that I liked was the angles it was shot and the acting. Uh, and then he says spoilers, and I'm not going to read that part. So, but uh, all right, so off to a good start. You can't please everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I know. Some bozo writes an Amazon review. You're going to care. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. No, and it was a negative Google Nancy. Thing, so. Yeah, that's what I say. Negative fucking Nancy. Negative bitch. Nancy. You know, who takes the time to write a negative review? You know, like when you're not a. I mean, if it's your job, if you're a professional like Cisco and Eber or something, okay. But like, who takes the time to jump on Amazon and be like, I don't like this movie. It's like get a life. Get a life. You know what? What did you create? What movie did you make? You know what story did you write that was so good? You know. Yeah, exactly. So get off of it. All right, we're sick of it. And that's really what this podcast is about, getting at our gripes. So we'll pull up all of our reviews. We're going to address you one at a time. Uh, um, now, that, yeah, okay, I'm going to check that one out for sure. Definitely. So what, what else uh, What else was I going to say? I, we talked about the rottingness. I, I, where else were we going? Oh, voodoo. I wanted to talk about voodoo. voodoo. Go, sure. go on with voodoo because that's where we're talking about white zombie and shit, and that's a voodoo one. But that's like where zombie stuff kind of comes from originally, right? Yeah, that, that like before there was the <clears throat> Romero style uh, zombies, uh, and like the, the zombies were originally like the voodoo, like someone gets you and uh, and puts like a hex on you, or they they take someone who recently died and they bring them back, but in that zombie state, and they become like the the slave of the person who brought them back. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a whole. A whole different uh, take because there's like zombie voodoo shops in New Orleans. Sure, sure, yeah. This yeah. this goes back to actual voodoo. This isn't just in the movies. Like this goes back to voodoo mythology and stuff in real life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. What, well, what else were you going to bring up about it? What uh, I pulled well, this I mean, off. There, there, you definitely have like a lot of movies from the old days about that, but then you also have uh, like I guess a more modern take somewhat modern it's old at this point but uh, west craven's serpent and the rainbow is a great example of the the voodoo zombie movie um huh. i haven't seen that one either 
Serpent oh, in the Rain. Like how, how what, dude? How are you a horror writer and you like have not seen half of the horror movies I bring up? Like I don't understand. <laughs> I'm insane. You know, you, you're just you're not cultured, is what it is. You need you need to be cultured. You need, like there's so much you need to see. Yeah, you know, like it's just frustrating, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm watching other stuff, but I just don't know. You're sitting around watching that white zombie, uh, Rob Zombie movie garbage, and you need to be seeing, like, the classics, man. I, I do see a lot of the classics. Um, Thanks to Nick P. Every time I bring up a movie, like, I'm going to give shout-outs to him right now. Every time we bring up a movie that's worth seeing, you're like, oh, yeah, Nick P., like, he, he made me watch that. So he thank does. you, Nick I, P., for making him watch movies that are worthwhile. <laughs> I wouldn't watch a lot of movies if uh, Nick P. didn't, like, Put I know them on for me to watch, but just for any uh, no other reason than I just wouldn't. Wa- I just, I mean, it's not like I'm like watching Strawberry Shortcake cartoon reruns, and instead of I'm just mm. doing like mm. I don't know re- about that reading books and writing and right, uh, no, I whatever. I'm not, I'm not trying to totally bust your shots. I just think you have like you would benefit from seeing a lot of these classics. Um, Serpent and Rainbow, Wes Craven movie from the 80s stars Bill Pullman, and it has to do with a guy who's researching, uh, you know, uh, Haitian voodoo and stuff. I think it's Haitian. Um, and, like, he gets wrapped up in, like, an actual, like, the voodoo zombies, you know? It's, it's, a, it's a cool movie. Um, so that's, like, one of the more modern ones I can think of. And then, like, there was a couple, of course, you know, Tales from the Crypt episodes that had to do with that as well. Um, <clears throat> but uh you don't see that as much anymore when you think of like zombie the zombie genre now it's the romero return of the living dead uh type yeah. zombies um but they are overblown they are done to death uh there is there was a show that i kind of appreciated and i was one of those things where i just put it on uh like i was sick i had the flu uh, and i just put it on and it was it's called uh, black summer it's on netflix have you seen this at all no. Well, this is a zombie Black show. Summer. <laughs> not, not Dirty Black Summer by Danzig, but no, just Black Summer. Okay. Uh, uh, and, and, and I appreciate this show um, because what it does is it does something that I hadn't seen done before, where like a lot of these zombie shows, like Walking Dead, for example, you know, at least for the most part, certain characters, you know they're safe. You know they're not going to die, you know, because they're popular characters. Like the Norman Reedus character, Daryl, or whatever his name is. Uh, you know, like the main characters, you know they're safe. They introduce these new characters, and you're like, well, they're going to die. You know, because, like, we know our favorites from that have been here since season one aren't going to die. Uh, where, whereas, like, Black Summer, you don't even know who the main people are supposed to be, because it, it plays out more like a real event. Like, it, it feels more real of, like, this is how it would actually happen. Because... Yeah. As soon as you like start to follow one person's story, they get fucking killed. They're dead, you know. And it's just like it just goes. It, it, and I really appreciate that because you don't, you don't like. There's no like character arch in that show at all. It's just people just trying to survive and just getting absolutely destroyed. Uh, so I really, I really liked that. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's called Black Summer. If you're bored, I, I, I suggest you check it out. Like I said, I w- it wasn't something where I was like, oh, another zombie show. Like I wasn't into that, but. I was I had like nothing else and I was uh, like I was you know riding the couch that day and right. I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. I thought it was a, a really clever uh, way to approach a narrative to not have any main characters. Yeah, no, I do I do like that uh where you can't really depend on 
someone uh, living from one episode or even from one scene to the next. Yeah, uh, yeah. Things like that that keep you on your toes are, are always more engaging, uh, I feel, at least. But what did you think about um, something like work? They take a complete humor bend like Shaun of the Dead. I, I mean, I think we need to bring that up. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, no. Yeah, we should. We should. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, zombies, are, like we were saying, have been so played out that, I mean, it has to it has to be parodied at this point. And there's been a lot of them, but yeah, Shaun of the Dead is probably the most famous one. Mm. No, that's an amusing movie. That movie's funny. Uh, I enjoyed it when I saw it. Yeah. How about you? I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I liked, uh, I liked, uh, I like Simon Pegg. That's his name, right? Yeah. He was, he was funny. He wrote that movie too, right? Right. Uh, yeah. So I thought it was cool. Like he, I, I like that. They keep going to the pub. That's fun because yeah. I like one to of the, the things. Pub. One of the things they did in that that I really liked is that I liked how they they needed to get from one place to another, so they acted like they were zombies to try to fit in. So oh, they're just yeah, like walking right. down the street, like and like going all slow, and they managed to pull it off and like fit in and trick the zombies. I thought that was really funny and really different. I'd never seen that before. Where people just try to act like them and try to pass off like they are zombies. Now. Do you, did they rub like dead dead people on themselves or something, or did they just like act? No, I don't you think remember. They did I can't remember. I don't think they did anything that grotesque. I think they just they just walked and acted like zombies, and it was really funny. Why doesn't that work? Kind of clever, like exactly, exactly. I've never seen that in a serious zombie movie. I thought that was really really fun that they just like were like well if we just go and just like walk like Frankenstein, we can pull it off, and they did. Uh, so that's that's one of the things I really took away from that movie that I really liked. Yeah, I mean, if like, but if you're already going to turn into a vampire, like, if I can reference Dust Till Dawn again, uh, they they knew that you know uh, he, the homeboy was about to turn into a vampire when they were about to attack him, so they all stopped and backed off because they already knew he was bit, and he, then he turns around and it's a vampire. So I kind of feel like you know, shouldn't zombies be able to discern uh, that in some way? Yeah, I think so. I I mean, yeah, I think they should be able to smell the fact that you're living, that blood's still pumping your veins, something. But it's all debatable. It's all up in the air. It all depends on the the variation. uh, Or, or, you know, it all depends on the creative um, vision of the person who who wrote it or directed it or whatever the case may be. That's Uh, true. And that's why uh, this is our announcement of officially lobbying because of that scene to have that movie stricken. From the record, so, <laughs> movies. Uh, that is ridiculous. I mean, I know it's funny, and we all had our ha-has, but clearly you crossed the line when you decided to pretend you were zombies to shamble past zombies. Uh, how stupid do you I, think uh, we are, Simon Pegg? I disagree. I'll only take enough bullshit shoveled into my mouth and call it a Sunday <laughs> enough times, but I will not stand for another one say, of these. I will say from experience, He'll take a lot before he before he says, "Wait a minute, so this much. isn't a Sunday." Yes, exactly. <laughs> this, is, this is mountains of cow of cow patties. Before, well, I thought it was organic ice cream. That you well, were I using. mean, <laughs> I did put a bunch of sprinkles on it, so I could see how you could make that mistake. You were like, "Man, this ice cream is terrible," and I was like, "Well, it's onion flavored." And you were like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> sprinkles with cubes. Um. <laughs> so I don't know. Speaking of two girls, one cup. I think Ooh, let's uh, not speak of that. Let's not speak of that. Um, <clears throat> that was one of the uh, more mainstream. Uh, not that. Um, <clears throat> Sean <laughs> was a very mainstream horror comedy it movie. It was. And it was also but it, kind of tapped off where when that movie hit, it was like, all right, we're done. Was can we be done with zombies? It is. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. 
Uh, but you know, there's, there's, um, again, like that had been done before. I would say that Return of the Dead is is a comedy in a lot of ways. Uh, like the Evil Dead movies, even though they're deadites, they're not exactly zombies. It's like a zombie movie, uh, and like that's they're very funny movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, so I, I, I mean, that's. Uh, that's the Shaun of the Dead didn't actually invent that either, you know. Uh, there's just been so much um, uh, zombie stuff, and there are some solid zombie novels as well. But I don't think you can really do it anymore. Uh, like I would never pick up a zombie novel now, and that's why I think a lot of publishers are like, "Please don't even send yeah. it to us. We don't even want to look at it." Uh, you don't see zombie anthologies coming out anymore. Uh, everyone's just exhausted by it, but. There are some classics like Mr. Brian Keene's The Rising, uh, yes. and that did a lot of uh, that did a lot of stuff uh, that was very innovative with zombies. Mm-hmm. So, like speaking about zombies, not only could talk, but that were also like not like Bub, like where he was like oh, you could say one word. Like these zombies were cognizant, and they literally had a mission to destroy. They were organized and shit. Yeah, like yeah, they, leader. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so that. Uh, that's a great example of the zombie novel done right. Uh, mm. That that book really launched Keen uh, into the into the, um, uh, the 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 upper echelons of uh, of yeah. horror writers uh, be, because it was so innovative. And it, and I and I mean that was written. I mean that came out uh, two thousand early two thousand two thousand one maybe. Early uh, yeah. So that was like kind of when some things were getting popping off with zombies. Anyway, in the in the zeitgeist you know in the zeitgeist i guess so and i i would say that that was attributed with you know kind of bringing it into more so that book i mean it he it was very popular oh very Uh, much so it remains like that's the one that he always gets comments on uh particularly the ending which we won't make jokes about because it's been joked about to the end of time uh where he gets ripped on for the ending but uh it's a great book uh and there there are other books uh, as well that that really handle like the whole dead coming back to life really well uh, but there are modern books as well that um, that take it in different directions and have different versions of it like one that I really like is Voracious by um, Reth James White uh, and that book it's really about like a weight loss cure uh, that's mm-hmm. like this this pill that that's created and people take it but the problem is is that um, it, uh, it it makes them it makes it so they don't gain calories, basically, but it also ups their appetite, and so they just can't stop eating. They just cannot stop, and so like people start like eating their own hand when they run out of food and stuff. Uh, so they're not like The Walking Dead necessarily, but they're zombies in another form where they are eating people. And of course, it's Red James White, so it's super extreme. It's like people eating their own children and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. But so like you can take that concept and and take it in a whole different direction. And do something that's totally your own with it, you know? Yeah, I think um, also, like, I was going to bring up uh, C.V. Hunt's Cockblock. That right. was a, a unique take on a zombie. Uh, one of the more, mod- like, recent ones that I was like, oh, okay, I like I like this, mm-hmm. this you know, zombie thing where it's like the frequency is sent out that, you know, turns all right. the dudes into humping weirdos. Right, uh, yeah. Um, you Hunt's know, that, commentary in that book. Well, yeah, that's very, very much... Uh, you know, social count. That was like the very slick overview of that, you know, but uh, it it was a very cool uh, take on the zombie thing. I thought as well, but it's, but I I think that 
also I also tell people it's like a zombie book, but that's it's not a zombie book really. Also, it's one of those things. Um, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, like on the flip side of that, you have Jack Ketchum's Ladies' Night, uh, which is not necessarily The Walking Dead either, but it is very much a zombie novel. Uh, and what happens is there's this, uh, I th- I, if I remember correctly, it's like a chemical spill uh, that was made to be some kind of like weapon uh, that that actually accidentally gets spilled. And what it does is it it triggers all women and makes women these like like ravenous monsters, like these murderous maniacs. And so all women go batshit crazy and start like attacking all dudes. And so like, it's like, like a zombie movie where like guys are like holding up in like, you know, bars or wherever else. And just like grabbing whatever they can for a weapon because like women are just like monstrous and just trying, like all women are just these, these hordes of just trying to kill people. Uh, really a great, great novel, really a, a fast paced, scary, crazy book. Hashtag. Yes. All women. Um, so hashtag what? Hashtag yes, all women. Yes. So I just want to uh, yeah, yeah, be conscious of that. Uh, no, that sounds cool. That I haven't happens. I haven't read that it's one. It's man. a great book. It's a great I know. Book. I'm just fucking joking, dude. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is a joke. These are jokes. And I it's won't not, ask you. It's not a sexist book. <laughs> it's not a sexist book or anything like that. It's just like this crazy variation on the zombie genre, where it's like yeah. this chemical only affects women and makes them all nuts. You know. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, there are jokes I can make there, but I won't because I don't I, want us to get canceled. So nope. let's move on. Let's <laughs> slide right on. Uh, let's just move right on. We might even have to take this little exchange out uh, just to no. be for sure. No? no, okay, it's fine. It's fine. Come on, like, right? Come on. If people can't have a little bit of a sense of humor about gender, then then they're gonna have a hard life. You know, like if you can't smile a little bit at a little joke about oh men and women are different Derp. like if you can't if you can't laugh like get the fuck out of here you know well i mean yeah so. if you if who told us that you gotta smile if you can't smile i don't know kermit the frog maybe gotta laugh no, I, I think know. it was i think it was barry manlow you know i can't oh, smile that's without you <laughs> which like every time i hear that now that's a song that makes me think of you nice <laughs> like forget stone devil pilots can't smile without you, Barry Manilow. Mm. Going out to my buddy John Wayne. Thanks, man. Tonight, this one's going out to you, Barry <laughs> Manilow. Um, can't laugh and I can't sing. <laughs> well, uh, I'll uh, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna think of that later tonight, but um, when I'm paging Mr. Herman, uh, so uh, it's in the lexicon. So what, do you want, I mean, so we don't so we don't run into another five hour episode. Shall yeah. we transition? I was going to say, yeah. Did, did you want to say any other things about zombies? Uh, I mean, I, there are many other things we could say, but I think we covered uh, the ones that I really like. The ones that are really important. I mean, I'm sure someone will be like, "You didn't mention this one tomorrow." Yeah, no, exactly. But, but but yeah, there's many, many, many. Like we said, there's, like there's been an inundation of 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 zombie stuff. Um, well, we, we wanted to just touch on it a little bit and give our little two cents. Um, are there any other zombie things you wanted to bring up before we move on? Oh man, I can't remember. None off the top of my head. I did want to mention that, uh, you know, just to circle back around to bub, how he's, um, wearing that, that, that kind of famously wearing that flannel shirt, that red shirt, uh, you know, bub, the zombie. Oh, bub. Okay. 
Yeah. So, I mean, and that is uh, actually why uh, Kurt Cobain started wearing flannels and then it became this whole Seattle grunge thing. Really? Is that why? No, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, did, you, or, did you really believe me? Damn. I, I totally it. believed you. Yes. That was a good one. See, I haven't dropped one of those on you in a while. So no, because they're not funny. So, uh, like yeah. we, like we said, like, I, I was believing you for a minute there. Wouldn't that be awesome, you know? though? <laughs> you know why? Because, like, I have an innocent heart. That's right. Yeah, you do. That's, and that's I'm devious. Opinion. I'm a devious fuck. Yeah, you you just poison my heart a little bit every every time I okay. talk to you. Poison a piece a of my heart goes with you. I took another little piece of my heart. I apologize. I apologize. I won't sing again. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, there's many other zombie movies. Like I, I only briefly mentioned Dead Alive, which is really oh, I love that one so much. Really fantastic. Peter Jackson before he was a big director before he did Lord of the Rings, he made some. I was a big fan of him back in the day when he made his bizarre movies like that and Meet the Feebles and Bad Taste and Heavenly Creatures. Um, and then he got into like the Frighteners and that's when like he was like bridged into the, the yeah, mainstream yeah. stuff. But man, Dead Alive is splatterific, man. Like, so good. So good. Uh, I mean, that was like the first zombie baby I can remember in, in fact, in, uh, in films. Uh, and also, oh my God, like the guy. His weapon is a lawnmower. He just holds up the lawnmower and like it just goes against a horde of zombies. And there's just guts flying everywhere. I was gonna oh, say man. that's that's the best. Like yeah. it's so so fucking crazy. Just gallons and gallons of fake blood. Like that's, there's so much gore. Uh, yeah. It's really it's really exquisite uh, for gore fans. That movie. Um, oh, uh, real quick, I will say that like um, there are some movies that are very much beloved in our genre. That aren't necessarily considered a zombie movie, but they totally are when you think about it. Uh, like Reanimator and Bride of Reanimator and Beyond Reanimator. Those are zombie movies in a way because yeah. that's what he's reanimating. He's reanimating dead bodies. He's bringing, that's the, right there in the title. He's bringing dead people back to life. Yeah. Uh, and like what happens when he brings them back? They're insane. They're, they're murderous, you know? They're never so, the same. Yeah, like so. There's no like hordes of zombies. They're not coming back from the dead necessarily, uh, but uh, I, mean, I mean they're not coming out of the grave necessarily. But they are being brought back from the dead from this guy, uh, Herbert West, the doctor who's trying to experiment and bring people back from the dead. Uh, but when he does, they're 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 insane monsters, you know. Uh, and I love Reanimator. I think it's one of the great cult films. And I also love Bride of Bride of Reanimator, uh, even though I think. Reanimator is the is the best of the two. It's very fine line because Brighter and Reanimator is more batshit crazy in the finale. Um, it's so nuts. It's so nuts, and I love that they like piece together this bride um, out of like all different body parts and stuff. Um, in a way, my own novel body art uh, pays tribute uh, to to those movies because they were so. Uh, influential to me as a horror writer. I, I grew up with those movies and I love them very much. Yeah. Uh, I only saw the first reanimator. I don't think I saw it. You, you only what? I don't think I saw the second reanimator or I don't remember seeing it. But, uh, yeah. You're killing me. You're killing me. You, uh, you have I'm a to killer, see dude. Reanimator, you have to see it. I don't have to do have anything, to man. You're right. You're right. Just go ahead and watch, like, fucking Rob Zombie's new movie Scary Clowns 5 or whatever the dumb moronic shit he comes out with next. That's right. That's, right. That's what I'm going to put Scary right Redneck now. Clowns by Rob Zombie. Again. Oh, yeah. 
part two again, and then the Redux. Again, that's all he has. That's all he has in his roster. You're White the one talking about him, not me. White trash, rednecks, and clowns. That's all he's got. That's all he's got. So fair enough. I'm not. Go saying, for I'm it, not trying Bob. to fight you, dude. Go for, go for it, Bob. It. I'm. Make I'm another, just. Uh, make another music video that's two hours long. <sighs> so yeah, uh, Reanimator is one of those one of those movies that I think uh, counts as a zombie movie in its own way. So friend of the show, Rob Zombie. Uh... Nope. Also has. A <laughs> you are not my friend. Um, in fact, if we're going to speak in taco language, he is like, you are. Wait, no, I ruined it. Not. I am nacho friend. I am. Speaking nacho of nachos, <laughs> let's move to our let's next. Talk about nachos. That's <laughs> our next topic. Nachos. <laughs> okay, so here's a movie that's a perfect segue to our next oh, topic. Yeah. Um, it's a, uh, little film by Lamberto Bava, uh, produced by Dario Argento, we mentioned earlier, and this is a little gem called Demons, an Italian horror film that I love wholeheartedly. Uh, I adore this movie, um, and I bring it up because it kind of plays out like a zombie movie, where there's like, you know, the infection, if you get bit, you become one. Uh, and like these people trapped in a place and there's a horde of these monsters coming after them, but they're not necessarily zombies. They are demons. Yeah. And that yeah. brings us to our next topic, which is One, two, three, four. Demons. Demons. So demons. Uh, yeah, demons is our next topic. How do you like that, John Wayne? I like it very much. Okay, good. Uh, Cause that's what we're doing. Um, good. So we'll start off with the the, the movie Demons. Um, uh, you are familiar with this one, I'm hoping. In my living room, uh, there is a screen printed poster that is hand numbered one of fifty by Mister uh, Jim Jim uh, Mister Gucker Jim uh, James Gucker Jim Gucker whatever uh, at Nick the ha- Nick Huck, Nick Gucker that's his name Jesus Christ uh, at Nick the Hat is him on Instagram and uh, it is a uh, silk screened poster hand that he did and drew of uh the movie for the movie demons that was having a short run in his neighborhood theater um so, so yes i've seen that and i like it well I've that's what i was gonna say but have that. you seen the movie <laughs> i bought it or i was trying to you know i till i fucked up fucking nick's name um uh, you know uh i was building up to yes i like it enough that i own that poster nice. i've bought this for somebody and given it to them for christmas robbie c shouts out so i gave it to so we've watched it together just at his house before um they're probably i i think i watched it most recently maybe again like three months ish ago or something like that it had an anniversary recently uh the movie did um i've i've seen it many times i i it was actually one of the it was one of the first things I ever ordered online, uh, which was the the set that had Demons One and Two on DVD. It was one of the f- I very remember very clearly. It was one of the first things I ever ordered online. I was so excited because I finally had like a credit card, you know. Oh yeah. <clears throat> like I was like twenty or twenty one, and I was like Demons, you know, because <clears throat> you know I couldn't find it in any like Best Buy or anything. Are you kidding? You know. No, they didn't have shit like that anywhere. No, like except no. the the local weirdo shop. Like uh, we have this place. Right. It's called Cactus 
uh it, it used to now it's just music but it used to also have a video store attached to it that was the mm. the weird occult video well, yeah, so places, crazy shit they have places like that now but this was like 1998 this was back then this was oh, then. All right. yeah well then, then you had a cool spot i did not have a cool spot yeah, um, that's what i'm saying they were few and far between like that that's the were, only yeah. place to get that kind of stuff was that and even then i mean i was also young so it wasn't like i had had and it it, it was in the part of town I live in now, but back then I lived in the fucking suburbs north of Houston. So it's not like I was plugged into where the weird video right. store in the town in the city was. So yeah. word of mouth, you figure it out. But yeah, things like demons weren't weren't easy to come by. Uh, right. At all. So it was the first thing I ordered online. Um, Good. <clears throat> um, <laughs> this is an Italian film, as, as we mentioned, uh, and uh, it's about. Uh, people that are invited to a special premiere of a, of a movie, uh, and they all end up getting trapped in the theater. They are literally locked in, and the movie has to do with demons. And as the people are watching it, they start to turn into demons, and they get like you know, it becomes this like swarm of demons. Everyone keeps turning into them, and they have to, and like the, the remaining humans have to fight them off. It's a really fast paced, crazy movie, uh, and really funny in a lot of ways. Um, the gore effects are crazy. Um, you know, some of it, I guess you could say, you could argue are a little outdated, but they like really paid attention to like these incredible transformations where like the people, like the one girl, which is changing and her teeth falling out, being pushed out by new teeth that are fangs and stuff. Yeah. I love shit like that, dude. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, and her tongue is like five times as long as a human tongue. She's like licking her own face and stuff. It's fantastic. Uh, you, you know, this uh, doesn't really relate, but maybe does. As a, I, I really like when I'm writing to describe mouths and teeth. Do you, uh, do you find yourself? Do you like to describe mouths at all? Well, not necessarily. In particular, that might be your fetish, and not necessarily. Uh, I do, I do that, but um, I wouldn't say I shy away from it. You know, like sometimes, you know, like as, as like as I'm writing dialogue, you know, I'll write something like, you know, uh, Christy pursed her lips, you know, like and like said something. Like to show what the character is feeling, uh, rather than saying Kirsty was curious, I'll say Kirsty pursed her lips because that's like a sign of no, like I'm, she's I'm feeling. I guess I'm talking more about like uh d- like on uh, somebody whose mouth is disgusting or has teeth or fangs that you're trying to highlight. Uh, I like to describe. Well, I'll mention it. So. If, I'll mention it if it's appropriate to the character or something, but I won't. Uh, I don't make it a focus. I don't make it a point or anything. So. Well, I mean, I have. A, I'm just trying to plug my new book, uh, right? Writing mouths coming out soon. Uh, writing all mouths. About, it's all about a nonfiction. A nonfiction book by you. All it's, of it's, it's instructional. instructional. It's instructional. It is. It's, um, it's being self released in zine form. Um, so uh, out more about you know what we're talking about demons now. We are talking uh, about demons. Uh, so demons. Uh, uh, great movie. Great movie. Really crazy. Uh, you know, like there's a scene where a guys riding a motorcycle through movie theater, killing demons with a samurai sword. I mean, you can't get better than that. No, you can't. Um, are you a fan of the sequel? Did you ever even see it? I have. I don't remember as fondly. You are, you are an asshole. Like you, you probably haven't even seen it. Uh, yeah, you're so frustrating. Um, it's very frustrating. The sequel made by the same people. It even stars a lot of the same actors who were killed or became zombies in the uh, or became uh, demons in the original. Uh, they're back as human characters now, like uh, uh, Tony the Pimp. You know, who's one of the most memorable characters from the original. 
he was back as like a gym instructor in the sequel. Uh, he's back in pod form. He is. He is Bobby Rhodes. Um, he's back. Uh, the sequel is not as good as the first one, but it's still in the spirit of it. It's still like a crazy movie. And in this one, they're all trapped in a high rise apartment building. Uh, and like, there's a kid who becomes a demon. It's a really, it's a fun sequel. It's solid. And, uh, the, the first character, the woman who becomes a demon first in the building, that transformation is crazy. Cause like black blood is like pouring out of her face and just Damn. covering her. It's so disturbing and, and messed up. Uh, it's really one of the freakiest things I've, I've ever seen in a horror movie. It's, it, I don't know. Something about it is really unsettling to me. Um, so I, I do love Demons 2 as well. There is a Demons 3, uh, but it's also known as The Church. And oddly enough, it was directed by Michael, uh, I think you pronounce it Soive or Sove, uh, which is the guy who made Cemetery Man, which you were talking about earlier. It's the same mm -hmm. director. Uh, but The Church really doesn't have anything to do with the Demons uh, saga. But in some markets, it was it was marketed as Demons 3 just to try to give it that extra oomph, but it's really should just be called the church. And that movie's crazy in its own way, but mm -hmm. it's it, it, like, it's nothing like the first demon two demons movies. So, no. um, <clears throat> well, moving off of those movies specifically and talking about demons in general, the, the entities or whatever, however they are represented, you know, people yes. choose to have them represented. Uh, you know, this is something uniquely uh, terrifying for a lot of people, I think, because, you know, one of the reasons why you can, you know, make fun of me or be frustrated with me for not seeing a lot of these movies was because, you know, I grew up in my, my mom. Shouts out mom knows, like I think I've mentioned this before, she was fucking pretty tight assed about Jesus and shit growing up, like to a to a, an extreme to which she admits now was like, OK, maybe I shouldn't have done that but i didn't have access to a lot of things and sure. i was a i was just a giant pussy like i said gp for a long ass time um so i just didn't know as about a lot of this to, stuff as opposed but, to WAP, as opposed right. to wap right GP, yes. yeah i was a gp um so so for me and then like you know having religion just shoved down your throat all like your whole life and you know, you start to get disillusioned and stuff, but it's beat into you in a weird way to be afraid. You, everything is based on you being afraid of going to hell, right? That's the whole reason why they have religion to f make you f scare you into doing what they want you to do, whatever yeah, the, the fear, right thing. The fear of God. And 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 by the way, dude, why why would you want to worship somebody so fucking arrogant that they want you to be afraid of them? Right. Uh, and anyway, I don't want to get down that road, but. There's some something about the, you know, you can sit there and in your mind take zombies and say, well, that's very scary. And while that might be possible, um, that's a that's a movie. But when you start to incorporate something like demons into movies and stuff, well, people are people believe those are real. So they're they truly yeah. true. There's a there's a whole nother level of of fear that Absolutely. enters people's minds like to the to the extreme now. I look at these, these are some of my favorite films now, you know, it's one of those, I'm, you know, bounced back or whatever, however you want to say, like one extreme to the other. I just, I'm, you know, I'm very interested in the occult. I study a lot of the stuff. A lot of my books are about that um, or have that based on them. But just because it's interesting to me and, and the fear, the people that like, the, oh, this guy, I wish, oh, I used to work for this person 
and he brought up like in the middle of the fucking office one day uh, I didn't work in the office I was happened to be in there and he was like there's not really any you know scary horror movies anymore uh-huh. and he was like John Wayne don't you think that you you know horror stuff and I was like gosh really plenty of great scary horror movies and he's like, well, what? I mean, no, not really. I mean, he has no depth of knowledge, depth of knowledge on sure. this at all. And he's like, well, you know what? Really, the only thing that scares me is like, you know, possession movies and shit like that. Because I don't know. I just, those are because that could be real. And I'm like, that could be real. <laughs> well, you know. And I was like, no, I don't know. Tell okay. me, why could that <laughs> be real? Because so now, bad. because now it is to me, it's very absurd. It's just like, okay, come on, let's, right. let's get over it. But, but, but there was definitely a time. Was a time when right, it would, did scare me as a child but uh, well 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 i mean uh, not just you but like certain generations like if you go back further even mm. just a couple of decades um more people believed in the devil more people believed in possession than they do now um then that's one of the reasons that like when uh, the original exorcist came out uh it petrified people like people passed out people threw up people ran out of the theater uh mm. because like so many people at that time were Catholic or, you know, even just variations of Christianity, uh, where they thought like this could really happen. And they, and like, they were petrified by that movie, absolutely horrified. And I mean, it's a great horror film, even if you don't believe in that kind of thing, even if you don't believe in the devil, that movie is terrifying. Oh, it's truly terrifying. Yes. But the people that do believe in Christianity, that movie is a whole other level. Like you were saying, the people who believe in it, it's a whole other level of scary to them because they believe that it could actually happen, that it's true, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's but that's what separates demons from the the ilk of these other creatures absolutely. that we're talking about. Absolutely. And and that's it's a weird psychology that exists there are a lot of people who what? I was just going to say there's I was just going to reiterate like there's a lot of there's a hell of a lot more people who believe in demons than believe in werewolves. True. Absolutely. But there's people who are not even religious or not consider themselves religious, but still harbor some fear of the devil existing. Right, right. Kind of people that are spiritual, take, but not religious. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it, that's still the only, like, fear they'll tout, you know, is like, well, that could happen, you know, and I'm like, okay. Oh, Okay. Um, like, actually, no, that's nonsense. It could not happen. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, The Exorcist, of course, famously did that uh, type of thing with with demons. But yeah, any- I don't think we need to get into a whole. We don't need The Exorcist because, like, it's the most one of the most famous horror movies of all time. If like, if you're if you don't know about it, what are you doing listening to this podcast? Like, how did you get here? I will put money down that anybody who's listening to this knows about the exorcist and has probably seen it. I would hope. So like I didn't like growing up, of course had no access to these kind of movies at all. Like uh, one of the things that uh, I gravitate towards a lot now that I have a lot of love for um, because I walked by the fucking box all the time in the, um, in the v- in the video store, and it kind of scared me, but kind of tantalized t- t- me. Was uh, the box was for Night of the Demons two, but like Night of the Demons and Night of the Demons two, uh, truly love those films. I think yes. we can agree on that. Um, you know, you know the the lady you talked to her about dogs. Um, uh, what's Lene her name? Quigley. Right? Yeah, Lene Quigley. Shots out. Uh, wonderful, beautiful Lene Quigley. 
mm-hmm. uh, forever in our hearts. Yep, she's uh, original. Yeah, yeah. Rest in power. So glad that you brought up part two, by the way, uh, because I love Night of the Demons part two. Yeah, uh, it's, and it's it's not as popular as the first one, but I think it's just as good as the first one. I love yeah, it's great. I love both of those movies. Yeah. Uh, I bought part one on Blu-ray when I was in Denver at some like fucking huge rec- weird like indie we're weird indie record store, but we're huge and we sell all kinds of trinkets and knickknacks. And here's a corner full of Blu-rays and right. Uh, so I found it there and I was like, oh, I'm buying this because I can't seem to find this streaming anywhere to watch. And I love it. I'm going to own it. And like, of course, we get home and it's like now on Shudder. Sure. Damn it. But oh, well, I'm it's great. I love it. Um, yeah, you should have it anyway. I mean, like that's a that's one of the greats, man. Night of the Demons. Great Halloween movie. It takes place on Halloween night and everything. They're all like, you know, go into this haunted house and everything. Um yeah, I, I, that's a great one. And the sequel, as I said, equally good. The sequel also has, like, the hottest babes in any, like, like, horror movie ever made. Like, the, 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 the women in that movie are out of control. Christy Harris and Zoe Thrilling. I mean, just these gorgeous young ladies. Um, Babelicious, like, if we, we can say. Just like, oh my god, Christy Harris, just like, heart pounding when I, when, like, when I first saw her back in the day, man, is all I can say. Yeah. And you know, those movies are, are scary, but looking at them now, you know, we're not like, it's, it's, it's more cool to watch these movies, you know, from the other side, they're fun, but like that would ter- terrify me back in a certain point in my life to like, the, like that movie is as ridiculous as we would think now, but, but it, it, it always boggles my mind that there's people like who are adults and who you I, I consider intelligent or mm-hmm. did until I found out that they like they think that, well, I can't, you know, they like even watching a movie like that may invoke the, the devil. into me. And, and those oh, are the sure. kind of people I think sure. that you're, that's why you're susceptible to this. Like mm-hmm. you, you believe that, you know, this kind of because stuff they've been, because they've been indoctrinated into that cult. They like what they were brought up, raised to believe that. And so, yeah, and like you said, like they think that even just watching these movies is a sin, that it could, it, it could invoke the devil just to watch The Exorcist or Night of the Demons or, or, or anything that, that has any kind of Satanism in it. Like it's the same reason so many people were uh, freaked out by Rosemary's Baby and The Omen and, and movies like that. Uh, this, the same kind of uh, reaction uh, based on their own religious upbringing. Yeah, all of the um, all of those movies included the devil in some way, right. you know, son of, of the devil, and then you know, Rosemary's Baby, the devil's in, impregnates. Spoiler alert: the devil impregnates, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, what's her name, and then yeah. Uh, yeah, then the director touches some kids and he moves to France, and so yes, yes, Ro- Ro- Roman Polanski. It's all it's all a rich tapestry. Had, had a little tryst with a thirteen year old. It happens, but I do love that movie, Rosemary's Baby. Uh, I think is amazing. Um, uh, the book I have also over there uh, that, that was based on I, yeah. is pretty good as well. Ira I enjoyed Levin. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ira Levin. Yeah. Um, I love the. I wrote a sequel to it. Yeah. I haven't read it though. I can't find it. Have you um, read it? No, I have not. Um, uh, I love the Omen though. I really love the Omen. That movie's cool. really really good uh, and has some really innovative kills in it. Like when, you know, when the guy gets decapitated by a plane of glass and everything, like they really, they really did some innovative stuff with that. And they got Gregory fucking Peck 
You know, like the fucking man, like star of To Kill a Mockingbird. They got him to be in that movie. It's so, so good, man. So solid. And that's one of those, like, cursed films where, like, there's all these stories about how, like, the plane that he was on, like, uh, that he was supposed to be on, uh, but, like, got, like, struck by lightning and went down and stuff like that. He just narrowly missed dying on it. And then the plane he actually was on still got struck by lightning. (laughs) Like, he didn't, they didn't crash, but, like, what the hell? You know, like, it was, like, all of this, like, cool, like, little things that happened where it, like, adds to the, like, spookiness of the movie. And I remember hearing all about that stuff uh, as a kid and then seeing the movie and just being like, oh, man. You know, like, even though I wasn't raised, like, religious or anything, it just it still creeped me out. Uh, and the fact that there was this little kid who was the devil is so cool. You know, it's it's such a nice uh, uh, variation on the on the devil mythology. You know? It is cool. And he's so heartless. He's so fucking cold. But and also, I mean, we we have to bring up the all for you, Damien, all for you kill, like where she jumps yeah. and swings yeah, back yeah. into that huge window and just snaps yeah. her neck. There's so many. That whole movie is like the kills in it are, are, are spectacular. They're so good. They really made it a point to make like over the top kills in that movie. Yeah. Um. So. So those definitely. Uh, are there any, are there any movies that specifically or books that specifically dealt with demons for you that uh, were notable? Well, I mean, you can't get you you can't talk about it without mentioning William Peter Blatty, uh, an excellent horror novelist, wrote the novel. Well, wrote The Exorcist to begin I, with. I know, and but I, I want to say we need to bring up part three. So. We, of course, we do. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he wrote uh, Legion was the book. Uh, and of course, both of these—they're not novelizations. These came out before the movies. The and movies, yes, I've read these books, by the way. Thank you. As uh, good, and you've seen the movies. I'm very, very proud of you. Yes. Um, <laughs> the dude crawls um, on the ceiling. That's the creepiest part. Oh my god, it's very creepy. Um, yeah, Legion varies very much from the movie uh, yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, but the cool thing about the movie is that William Peter Blatty the author, the creator of uh, The Exorcist, wrote the novel and also wrote Legion, which Exorcist 3 was. A little little uh, clarification, Exorcist 2, he had nothing to do with. Exorcist 2 is a terrible sequel. And so awful. Exorcist... Awful. Awful. Exorcist 3 it. is widely considered the true sequel to The Exorcist. Uh, it, I wish it had... It wish, I wish 2 hadn't come out because then people might have taken 3 more seriously as they should. Uh... Again, it's based on the novel sequel to The Exorcist, and it's also written and directed by Blatty. Uh, yeah, he actually cool. made the film, um, and it's such a stylish movie. It's so good. It's so good, uh, and the writing is superb because he was a novelist. You know, so you have this excellent dialogue, this great character development, um, and the movie is genuinely terrifying. Like to this day, that that's really a movie that creeps me the fuck out. Part three, or Part Legion? Three. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very creepy. It it's was incredibly that creepy. Yeah. yeah, um, you've got George C. Scott in the in the titular role, and you've got uh, like uh, it's a possession story in a whole different way, where the devil is so furious with uh, Damien Karras, the priest who expunged the devil from reagan in the first in the first movie the first book he's so mm-hmm. furious with him that damien sacrifices himself and uh and uh you know to save reagan dies and the devil is like no you know what fuck you i'm going to torture you and he transports the soul of a dead serial killer 
the Gemini Killer, into Damien, reanimates his corpse, and it's like, now you have to, you have to, like, watch as he tortures and kills all the people that you knew and loved. It's such a crazy twist on the possession story. It's totally different. It's not just, here's some person who gets possessed by the devil. It's like, no, the devil is utilizing a murderer and possessing someone else with that murderer's soul. God, it's such a creepy original concept. I love it. It is. It is awesome. Uh, I wanted to bring up the books, The Guardian and The Sentinel, which were also made into movies yes. Yes. Uh, by Jeffrey Konovitz, I believe is how you say it. Uh, the first one is The Guardian. And I I read that because I was on, on my Kindle. It happened to be like, if you like this, all these dumb books you read, you like this dumb one or whatever. And I was like, that sounds cool. So I just bought it. And I, I ripped through it and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I was telling Nick P about it. Shouts out. And he's like, oh, yeah, I think that's a movie, too, that they made about it. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, it is a sequel, too. And I was like, wait. Then I looked up and I was like, oh, there's another book. All right. Don't show me any of these. I'm going to read the other book. So then I ripped through The Sentinel, which is the sequel to it, you know, and, uh, and then I watched the movies. But those books were awesome. I really liked both of those books yeah, yeah. a lot. And they, and they are about... Um, you know, basically the first one's like, you know, the plot of this is priest that lives in the top of this fucking brownstone apartment in, in New York. And he's like looking out the window all the time. And and this woman moves in and it kind of follows around her story. Basically, there's this like it's basically like a portal to hell is there. And this guy is like the only thing that's keeping the devil from taking over yeah. from there. But like the characters that she meets in that apartment like building the like the lesbian sisters and the fucking weirdo that lives upstairs like it's it's so fucking cool and so creepy and it's all the devil they're all demons that are like these people that she meets and thinks they're real but and she's really the only person living in this building Mm -hmm. and she and she thinks that there's all these people that live there with her and that kind of shit's fucking really a mind fuck and you throw throw it in as the devil and then people you know again it tickles your little fucking devil bone in the back of your fucking yeah. rep- reptile yeah. brain and you're like oh no and you know like speaking of mind fucks uh the, when it comes to demon stories and devil stories uh, i mentioned briefly angel heart uh the alan parker film uh based on the novel falling angel by william hortzberg mm-hmm. uh, i this is one of my all-time favorites i love it mm-hmm. uh it's it's definitely definitely um in my favorites for uh uh devil worship voodoo like all that kind of stuff uh in a film has that the one of the greatest twists in movie history and not just horror history but movie history um i absolutely adore that movie and that's one of the rare cases where the movie is better than the book in my opinion the book is phenomenal it's great but i love that uh alan parker transferred the story from new york city to new orleans because new orleans has a much richer history of voodoo and everything i just think it works so much better as a backdrop to the story mm. uh, are you familiar at all with what i'm talking about yes miss mickey rick ricky mork mickey rourke uh <laughs> before he's before he ruined his face and then it's got yeah. uh, lisa bonet so, so you're seeing uh, who, who shows her tits and famously got asked to leave the cosby show because of that but, uh yes yes but um, you've seen the movie? i've seen um I, I tried to watch, I watched this for you because you mentioned it several episodes ago, but I fell asleep on the couch before I finished it. So I'm halfway through it. So she's, da- I, so I got to where she gets, she's dancing at the, he's watching her dance around the fire just and shit. Started, just restart from the beginning. Please. Why? I know what happened. Uh, cause, I cause I, 
because Robert De Niro, because I remember because you said he and De Niro had some like fight between them, and they I wanted to watch beef. the scenes beef, yeah. where they interacted to see like because you said they were fighting on that movie. And I was like, I want to try to see if I can find the real I tension. I don't know if it was on that movie, but like down the road, like they've had. This... Oh, I thought it was that movie that they got in the fight in. No, I don't think so. I think it was just down the road them talking trash about each other. But anyway, I love that movie. That that is one of the most stylistic stylistic horror films ever. It's so heavy on atmosphere. It's so genuinely creepy. Um, like I, I like I I. I can't re- recommend it higher. I know I've said that about a couple of movies on this podcast, particularly, but um, I love, love, love Angel Heart. Everything about it the 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 use of light and shadow, the use of music, uh, it, everything is creates this constant sense of dread, and it just builds and builds in, until this mindfuck of, of a finale. I first saw it when I was about fourteen years old, and I I was up all night after it, uh, even though I was already into horror and already seen scare movies. Not necessarily because I was freaked out, but because it was such a mind fuck to me. I was like, oh my god, like I could not believe the twists in it. Uh, oh my, man, it's it's a really, really fabulous um, horror film. So uh, so there's that one. It's uh, it's serviceable. Next. Jesus. <laughs> we've got to talk about uh, other other types of demons that weren't necessarily the devil. Um, like, for example, uh Clive Barker's Hellraiser, The Hellbound Heart, which is the you know the novella was based on, um, and he had other demons too, Damnation Game, and a lot of his other books, but uh, and several characters in the Books of Blood, even his more recent stuff like Mister Begone and stuff. Uh, he 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 has a lot of demons. He's very into into demonology, but the most famous, of course, is the Cenobites from the Hellraiser series, from the Hellbound Heart, uh, Pinhead and Butterball and Chatterbox and female uh like that's like the only name she was ever really given yeah uh, that's unfortunate but they're cool because they're not necessarily demons like they have that pinhead has that great line where they always where kirsten is like who are you and they're like uh we're demons to some angels to others you know yeah uh because they only come when you call them you know it's like people that want to experience other worlds and other realms of pleasure and pain are the ones who seek them out and they're not even the villains of the story. They're almost impartial. The real villains are the people. The humans in that story are the ones that do all the really awful things. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like, those movies aren't really about the Cenobites as much as they're about what's going on around the Cenobites. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, and like Hellraiser is some of my favorite, my one of my favorite franchises. Uh, probably yeah. also because it has the hell uh, thing to it. But then I also just, I love it so much. I love the yeah, Cenobites. Right. Um, and like, you know, fucking help, please help me. I'm dead and burning. I'm in hell. Like yeah. that fucking Jesus Christ, dude. It's so good. It's so great. And it really is still freaky. Like in part two, when they go into to hell or wherever you mm-hmm. want to say, and then like a Leviathan is there and you know, yeah, that, yeah. all that shit is fucking crazy and scary. Like, to, yeah, they they go into this whole like labyrinth uh, of of just this other like hellish world, uh, and it's it's a shame they didn't get, really get to explore Leviathan more. It's kind of introduced, but they yeah. just couldn't explore it more. Uh, but yeah, and then like that that fucking insane doctor is transformed oh, God, into a centipede. He like and he keeps Julia uh, as like a pet almost. Uh, yeah, I, I really like Hellbound. I think part two is is, is pretty good. Uh, but as much as I love those first two, the series after that is garbage. I mean, really. I mean, 
there none of them are good after are after that one. Do you think any of them are? Well, no, wait. I take that back. I take that back. There is one that I kind of like, but but you go ahead. There, do you like the other ones? I I think that they're fine. Hellraiser stories. Uh, I know part three is like the worst or whatever, uh, but it's fine to watch. Not by a long shot. Uh, it's bad, but it's not the worst, dude. I mean, I have think, you seen like Deader and I've uh, seen all of them and, and, and Hell World and like all that shit. Like, yeah, I've seen them Cyber all. Cyber Pinhead. Oh God. I've seen them all, the found footage one. Uh, the most recent what? one, there's one where there's in Mexico, and it's all like found footage. Uh, I forget what, what it was. It was cool. Uh, I just like the I just like the characters. So I don't know. It's just fun. And also, I'm not expecting them to be as good as Hellraiser 2 was. It's just like, here's the story, not, whatever. The not- new one is fucking good. Revelation or whatever that new one that they put out most recently. I've got that on Blu-ray and I genuinely like it. I think it's fucking weird. It's creepy. I like the pinhead. I like it. Well, my thing with this with with a lot of the, that series is that it's not that they're just not as good as the first two. It's that they totally miss the point of the first two. Like Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, it's like a slasher movie with Pinhead. He's like the bad guy. He just comes and he rips a bunch of people to shit as if he's Jason or something. It's like, that's not what Pinhead is. That's not what the Cenobites are. And so, like, it totally deviates from the whole idea. And then part four, they're in outer space. It's like, it's just immediately cheesy. Uh, and, like, that movie's one of those movies that's so bad that the director refused to put his name on it. And it's an Alan Smithy film. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know? But, like, then, like, that movie was so bad that it, 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 um, doomed the series to direct to video like that was the last one that came out in theaters but i do really like uh inferno which is part five um that one to me is more along the lines of what hellraiser is supposed to be about like where you just this guy it's almost like a jacob's ladder situation where he's like slowly realizing um that the world around him is not what it seems because he's been such a shit he's like a crooked cop he betrays his partner cheats on his wife and uh like he's like slowly descending into hell throughout the movie, uh, and like it's really good. It's it's a it's a solid solid Hellraiser movie. That is movie. that the one? Is Nick is Nick Turturro in that? Is he one yes, of the cops? That's, yes, that's yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. What you're talking about that's yeah. a good. One. Yeah, that's a really good one. Uh, that one is more in the spirit of Barker's original vision than any of the other um, sequels after two. Uh, that's the last one that I that I really liked, and and I do really like that. Um, it's aged not so well because of some CGI Cenobite stuff, but conceptually, it's very, very good. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, and then they brought, then they did Hellseeker and they brought back Ashley Lawrence, uh, Brer, I love her, uh, but like it just, it just was not a good movie. And then, and then they went really off the rails with like these weird cyber world pinhead shit and yeah, like, where they're in the video game and shit. Yeah, God, it's just stupid, dude. It's just bad. It's uh, so, fine. It's so, fine, dude. Not really. There's three movies out of that series. They made like ten of them at this point. There's three of them that are that are good. The rest of them are not only are they not good, they're bad. They're just like not even enjoyably bad. They're just bad movies, dude. I mean, to you, I've watched them all. I think I own most of them on like with those collections of like Hellraiser one through forty, uh, right. things or they break them up into fours, I believe. So I, have I just like, think that's one of those series that like seven. had had like the worst trajectory. Like, like, like Leatherface is another one. Like the first two Texas Chainsaws are great, 
for different reasons. And then after that, they're all horrible. They're horrible. Like, it's the most lost franchise in horror, uh, that and, and Hellraiser. Um, you know, like, like Friday 13th had a good run. There's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of good Freddy ones. But Hellraiser, no. <laughs> Definitely not. Well, I mean, we'll have to agree to disagree. I still like it. Yes. I still like Hellraiser. Um, I love Hellraiser. You know, here's a fun fact. Talking about like collecting things. Uh, you know the Hellraiser comic book series from the 90s? Yes. I have them all. You have all of them? I have all of them. I have them, all of them. Uh, from back in the day. And they're all in Mylar and everything. They're all like individually sealed. I have all of them from back in the day. And I also have the, all the different Clive Barker um, comic books. I have Jihad. I have Son of Celluloid. Uh, I have Saint Sinner. I have all of them. I have the complete collection of them. That's cool. I started collecting Hellraiser. It came out again a few years ago. Uh, and I got the first maybe four or five issues. But then I started just like... Didn't well, I just want to make it clear that I'm a Hellraiser fan. And probably a bigger one than you because I collected all of those in the 90s. So, probably so, dude. It's not a competition. My, oh, smell my ass is what I'm saying. I smell it from here. <laughs> But 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 also those those Hellraiser movies weren't designed or weren't supposed to scare you in that way. Past two, really, um, they were just like you said, slasher movies. They no longer invoked the hell or demon type of well, that's why scariness. Good, dude. That's why well, that's what I'm saying. Like, but I mean, back to where we were talking about scary demony movies. Um, Hellraiser, like it, you know, it did. It, it was genuinely creepy, like that. Yeah. Like I said, that. In part two, when she's in the hospital and her dad's like all skinned and like I am in hell, yeah. that's that's very creepy to me. It's terrifying, yeah, yeah. And it does get weird after that, yes. But but it's, it's stupid. It just that. doesn't. It just doesn't do the 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 you know demon. It's it stupid. Yeah. Part three, he's a slasher, and part four, he's in outer space. It's <laughs> stupid, dude. It's dumb. It's dumb. Five, they kind of redeem themselves, and then after that, they just kind of disintegrated again. But moving on. But, but what movies beyond that were scary, though, demon-wise, um, to you? Like, especially in the modern time now, what's scaring people? Like, now we have 100,000, the possession of Emily fucking... Uh, yeah, yeah. Rose, that's, the possession that's, that's of that's just Jones. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, what is... I mean, there's so many of those. There's so many possession movies now, and they're so tired. They're just as tired as the zombie genre. Yeah, that's a zombie yeah, thing. It needs to stop, dude. It needs to stop. Like, I, there's nothing that would make me want to watch uh, a possession uh, uh, a movie, like a typical one like that. But um, I think a great, a great example of taking that and uh, turning it into something different is uh, uh, the, A Head Full of Ghosts, the novel by Paul Tremblay, uh, which is about uh, a possession, but you're never really 100% sure if she's really possessed. But, like, it's this family, like, turns it into a fucking reality show. Uh, like, they bring people in to, like, film the whole thing. And, God, that book is so good, man. I don't know if you've read it, but uh, one of the... It definitely, like, right up there with the and stuff as far as, like, scariest possession... Uh, books. I remember, you know, and this is me as a as a full grown adult horror fan who has read countless horror novels, seen countless horror movies. I remember reading it in bed at night, and I and I, I got to one part, and I really had to pee, but I was too freaked out. Like I didn't want to like get up and walk through the dark to the bathroom, dude. And like, yeah. like that's how like that's how creepy that book is. Are you familiar no. with it? 
yeah i've actually read it um it's great i think uh yeah it does play with the whole uh what what was happening with her exactly because it keeps going back and forth between you know the way it's told and and he won the stoker award for that didn't he he did that, that year yeah uh no i thought that that book was great and it was it was a cool take another interesting take on possession and it you're right it had the creepy element of those because the people in the book were scared genuinely you believe you started to believe like and then it break it's like about so much more like the family well, the, yeah the yeah like the book is really I mean, written from the point of view of the the, the quote-unquote possessed girl's young younger sister yeah um and so she's seeing it from a child's point of view and that added a whole different dimension of fear to it um god i really i really love that book it's really sensational um, so that I think is like the best example I can give of like a modern day, uh, piece of demon fiction, uh, that, that really works and really does it for me. And I know like there's been talks of that being in a, a movie being made of it. So maybe we'll oh, see. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one that I would say as far as film goes is hereditary, which is, oh, oh so good. Right. That is like, that is the the scariest movie of like the past five years in horror, like hands down the scariest movie as much as I loved um, Mandy and color out of space. Like I really love those movies, but hereditary is so much more frightening, so much more disturbing and upsetting because it digs into like these real horrible feelings that people have, like the feelings of grief um, and, and like then suffering um, grieving people. Like it digs so deep into that. Uh, and it really upsets you when you watch it. It, it truly it's, does. I love that movie. Um, I also love that filmmaker. And I know that that movie is divisive with a lot of people because yeah. you'll get just as I mean, there's just people yelling at their um, iPod devices, too, right now saying that movie sucks shit. I'm sick of this fucking whatever okay. they call it, like modern horror or some shit like that. But God damn, dude, I, I, I that movie had had me like engaged fully and fully and fully engorged the entire time uh i mean the one the, the one part i'm not i mean i don't know if i'm not gonna spoil it but yeah i don't want to spoil it for there's the one part you just where i'm saying like he's driving home from the party and something happens uh, yeah. uh i yeah. forgot to breathe for at least like i was so yeah. like what the fuck? I was just so what the fuck, and so rarely am I ever taken into a what the fuck moment when I'm yeah. I'm, I'm always I, I'm usually like oh oh cool cool you know but yeah. that was where I was like what the fuck and it is yeah. and then it just gets so scary from there um, yeah. and then it gets really demony like I love the whole uh, at the end I mean a spoiler but it, it has yeah, to do with, spoil, like, but it does have some, like, some and like the devil it, like that's not a spoiler to say yeah. like that. Because that's actually one of the kings of hell, King Payman, like eighth king of hell. Um, if you're, you know, according to demonology, so they they stick really right to that, and that's even what makes it scarier too, because it's re like it's it's not real, real, but it's like there's it's based on what this belief right. is, you know. Well, where, so, where the movie where the movie really succeeds to me uh, as a horror film is that um, it, it it plays upon the emotions of grief of losing someone you love um, and how that can destroy you and can destroy and can destroy the other people. Like when someone from your family is dead and how it can, how it can affect the rest of the family. 
and so by digging into that raw human emotion, that awful feeling of grief, um, by digging into that and making that the center emotion of a horror film, it makes it all the more upsetting and disturbing, and it hurts you in a way that a lot of, like, you know, some slasher movie would never hurt you on an emotional level, and therefore it's not as disturbing and like that's part of horror is being disturbed and being uncomfortable and uh th that's what makes the movie so good i think i agree and i think that uh you know art in whatever form should should make you a little bit uncomfortable um yeah yeah uh and 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 it can be enjoyable in that way and that's really what it's supposed to do at least make, if they, if something makes you think about something even a little bit then it's succeeded yeah. So the fact that this film is so divisive is a success because it yes. makes you think it, even if you hate it, you're thinking a lot about why you hate it. Yeah. You're also uh, so, uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on this one. They I were, think the people yeah. who are like, Oh, you know, hereditary sucks are like the kind of people that enjoy, um, like Rob Zombie's 31 or something like that. You know, like it's either like you appreciate intellectual horror or you like, uh, gutter trash bubblegum horror, you know, so. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think there are other forms of like demon themed horror that uh, that exist out there that, uh, you know, like that are more like about, um, say, like satanic cults or something where maybe mm -hmm. the devil doesn't even exist. But these people worship the devil. And that's the that's the horror element. Like you take, you know, like, well, I don't want to say this movie because it gives it a whole it gives it all away. But um, there's a certain Ty West film that uh, has to do with that. Uh, but there are these movies like about satanic cults, um, and uh, and then like you know that's another variation on it. So uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I know we we're going long, so I, I kind of want to round us into into Wrap home it here. Up. Uh, but you know, any other specific uh, anything demon wise that you can think of that we missed? Um, I'm trying Prince to think of those. Oh, that's such a great one. Was, oh my yeah. god, I love it. I love John Carpenter's uh, Prince of Darkness. John so Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. I love it so much. It's it's. I mean, you talk about like an intellectual horror movie. That is a real thinking man's horror movie, combining physics with the supernatural. It's fucking amazing, dude. What a, what an underrated film. It's, it's it's more appreciated now, but I remember back in the day, buddies of mine would be like, "Oh man, movie's slow," you know. And it's like, well, it's like anyone who thinks Christine is a better carpenter movie and the prince of darkness you're a moron that book that that that, that movie is a, is a haunted car i mean come on yeah <laughs> which which it is a stupid concept but i have to say like nick p and i watched that in a hotel one night and i actually enjoyed it i was like oh this is no it's fun thought. no no i don't i'm not trying to diss christine it's fun but compared to prince of darkness it's it's a stupid thing it's just it's a haunted car like you know oh here it comes driving running someone over again you know yeah, uh, if I want to watch a haunted car movie, I'm watching Maximum Overdrive, okay? Also Stephen King. He had, he wrote a lot of haunted car stuff. He has other like books and stuff too, like that are that are haunted cars like from a Buick eight and stuff. <laughs> it's just, maybe like, that's when he got hit by cars. Well you no, know? but even before he got hit by one. I know, but know? maybe he, he you know, he and he brought it on himself maybe by having he did. Yeah, like maybe he did. He brought it himself. Like, he, he brought it. He manifested it, dude. It gets. That's very possible, dude. It's very possible. Yeah. You know, it's like the whole uh, Sutter Kane effect. You know, it's just like the horror writer writes it and becomes reality. Yeah, that's also a great movie. Yeah, but uh, I, don't know, demon, I mean, I want to say just just like the, the demon stuff really, uh, at least for me, uh, you know, 
because of the way I was raised, because it scared me initially in some re- weird way. Also, uh, then as I became educated and intelligent, um, then it intrigued me as to why this was so scary and to go down that kind of hole and, and learn more about it. And I think it's, it's fascinating, but it's, you know, it's also fiction. Um, so. See, I, I, I had never had that thing. I mean, I, I never, I didn't really grow up in a religious household. I mean, my mom was Catholic, but she had kind of abandoned the church at that point. Uh, so I never believed demons were real. I never believed in Satan or God. Uh, and still don't. Uh, but, uh, so like to me, demons were just, it's like, if I watched Night of the Demons, I would, it was the same thing as watching Silver Bullet or From right. Dust Till Dawn or, you know, or something like that, where it was just like, Thank ah, it's just, a, it's just a fun horror movie. And like, or shopping know, maybe, mall, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vampires, killer robots, it's the demons, it's all the same to me. Uh, but I still enjoy a lot of those, uh, movies very much. And there are many other ones we could talk about on uh, movies and books. Uh, Jacob's Ladder comes to mind. I briefly mentioned that. That's a really good one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we could go on and on about this stuff, but, uh, we, we, we don't want to continue to go. It's been a long show. Uh, as usual, we run long, but, uh, uh we run deep as well. So run silent, run deep, deep um, and long. The one I think we should close on is, yeah. is probably the scariest one of all time though, is, uh, repossessed with Leslie Nielsen, which I own. DVD. <laughs> good. good get re, 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 repossessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do own that. Absolutely. For those who don't know, Repossessed is a fine film from the 90s, which stars Leslie Nielsen of Naked Gun fame. And it also stars Linda Blair uh, reprising her role, in a way, as uh, the possessed uh, girl. Uh, And it is a spoof of The Exorcist. It's a parody, if you will, type of situation. Absolutely a parody. Uh, Very funny. TBS very funny. Uh, And and super scary. Super scary. Oh my god, I was was so scared. (laughs) I was scared I was going to laugh so hard I pooped my pants. <laughs> and I did. So, mystery solved. And he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the other side of, uh, that's the, the flip side of paging Mr. Herman. When, like, when you poop yourself in the theater, we got to come up with a term for that. Like, you know, it's just like. Why is, now, why is pooping yourself in the theater the opposite of masturbating? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, why is that where you go to? <laughs> yeah, that's a Oh, I think. What else could that. you do in a theater that would be the opposite of jerking off in a theater? Wait, I Wait, thought teaching Mr. Herman meant just jerking off in general. It can, but I think specifically it means jerking off in a movie theater, considering. <laughs> yeah, but okay. <laughs> that's where I originally came up with it, paging Mr. Herman jerking off in a movie theater, but it can definitely go into, uh, I think it could go into just jerk off in general. <laughs> I'm, I'm moving it into jerk off in general time. Okay. Term, it's, term been it's been Thank promoted. Thank you. Now, as far as this whole shitting in a theater, I think we should. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're gonna. I'm gonna pray on this all week and <laughs> come up with something the next show to have for you. But you I know really what? You know what? Yeah. I, you know, I, I came up with something. Taking a shit in a movie theater, I call it a Rob Zombie production. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you can find every episode every Thursday at chrisandjohnwayne.com. Uh, <laughs> watch our YouTube shows. I know we're having some fucking sound issues. I'm trying to fix them uh, on the videos. Uh, <laughs> if you, you can follow Rob Zombie at Rob Zombie Official on Instagram. And uh, you can follow uh, West Southern at Chopping Mall number one fan 69420. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, 
And well, yeah, yeah, you can find us both at your vital social issues and stuff. Uh, uh, or I mean, I'm sorry, you can find us both at uh, chrisandjohnwayne.com. That's Chris, the letter N, johnwayne.com. With a K. Uh, Chris with a K. With, Chris with a K. <laughs> we want to make it as complicated as possible. Uh, Chris with a K and John Wayne. Uh, and if you go on there, please uh, take a look. Uh, we have a fundraiser for little Lulu. She's a little puppy who needs AXL surgery. Don't think we forgot about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, we were building up uh, building up money every day, so we need to continue that. Please give whatever you can. Even five bucks helps. Everything helps. Um, what else? You could find you at Coyote Chris. Also on, on with Twitter. a K. Yep. K-O-Y-O. T-E-K-R-I-S on Twitter. You can find me under my name. I have ChristopherTriana.com, Christopher Triana Facebook, all that shit. Uh, so find me on all that. Um, and uh, John Wayne, you can find at uh, John Wayne is dead on Twitter. And everywhere. Uh, and everywhere else. And John Wayne is dead.com has all the stuff you need. Yep. And then the OnlyFans is John Wayne is naked. Dot com slash OnlyFans slash Patreon slash 69420 slash AngelFire.com. Uh, that's a lot. That's well, a number. it's a lot of uh, content on that page, so give generously, it's, remember. It's, it's a lot. You're paging, you're paging Mr. Herman on every f- picture. Dude, <laughs> I'm trying to get Mr. Herman down to that lobby. <laughs> J- like, very, very vigorously want him to get to the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. We'll see everyone later. Goodbye. <laughs> we love you. Goodbye.